Look at look at me as a grade Sorry. eleven weeaboo with bangs. Oh, wow. I, I took a weeb picture. Your during... hands look so big in that. I love it. We gotta. You look like you're in the Everlong music video. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna slap Dave Grohl in the face. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Late Late Capitalism Show with yours truly, as always, Jesse, and to my right, we have... Chance. I'm Chance, and to my right is... Folks, it's Dean Hayden. Hello. Dean, you... Uh, we're not Are we going to come ver- on on this every single time? I am, because you're, you're destroying the illusion of the insurgence that is rising. Uh, I'm sorry. We are every person. <laughs> and to Dean's right is... Sorry, I'm Legion. <laughs> yeah, we're like the 10,000 Fists music video by Disturbed. It's so sick. <laughs> I'm Megan. Nice Hello, to meet you, Megan. Back. Oh, uh, yeah. How I was, was your time going. on the Derek Sloan campaign trail? Oh, is that where I was this yeah, time? Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. It was actually great. Uh, it was a little sad at the end because he didn't win, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Boy, it, did he not. <laughs> yeah, boy. Really, I don't actually know any of the he stats. Did, the worst. did he, did he uh, do really he, horrible? He really did not win it whatsoever. To be right? fair, he did get 4 million votes. W- wow. Yeah. He got 14%. What? It's just everybody else got above. How many people are card carrying conservatives that vote in this? There was 175,000 votes in total. Maybe it's, four, it's, a, it's, I swore it was. So he, he really broke the so, system so there. So I guess 40,000 then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The numbers I got were <laughs> yeah, not four good. million. <laughs> that's a lot. No, there's, Dang, there's that's like, a big chunk of Canada yeah. voted for him. <laughs> there's, right. there's there's two hundred and seventy five thousand card carrying conservatives. That would be why, which is not that many. A record turnout vote, one hundred and seventy five thousand votes. And when it comes to who gets to vote for like the official leader of the campaign or whatever, um, it comes down to the people who are card carrying conservatives got like a ballot that they filled out, like in the mail. Yeah, and then they send it back. And then a machine, <laughs> this is the best part, a machine opens it up and then scans it and then it goes through like a ranking system. It's like they're trying so to- So is this like a multi-day thing? No, it was it was one day. It took a long fucking How did they get though. all the mm-hmm. mail? So uh, all the mail, they've had it because they sent out the ballots like a month ago. So oh. Yeah, yeah. This was like the reading of results though. Yeah. Oh, but I thought the whole ranked ballot thing was that you everyone votes, then they eliminate the people in the bottom, and yeah. then everyone votes again based on the new... No, so... No, wh- you just write your preferences in, like yeah. one, two, three. Oh, you literally... And yeah. then if you're oh. below the threshold, you get eliminated. Yeah. Or Derek Sloan, who was below the threshold, but resigned anyways. He's like, oh, I'm But out. they always say like one on the third ballot or one on the yep. second ballot. Well, so this was on mean? the fourth ballot. So what it means is that once... So each round, one person gets eliminated and there's four people in total. Yeah. So the first round, one person gets eliminated and those votes that were preferential to that person get redistributed based on their other votes that were in reference to the other candidates. Yeah. Uh, so like if someone voted for Derek Sloan and then Leslin Lewis second, after Sloan gets eliminated, Leslin Lewis gets that. Gets their first vote. Gets that first vote. Gotcha. All right. And then yeah. it moves down the list until it's only one person left. And yeah, who gotcha. was our Highlander? And who was the one who won? 
It was Aaron O'Toole. It was Aaron O'Toole. Did I was rooting for him the whole time. Did uh-huh. not see it coming, honestly. No. Yeah. No, I figured it would yeah. be another Harper lizard person. You know, McKay kid. You know what was sad was uh, watching McKay's team all have their masks on. <laughs> and like there was like 30 of them and they Cucks. were all wearing their masks and, and they were all, all being very vigilant. And it was like six and a half hours. Even though it was supposed to be forty-five minutes, and and like yeah, they were just <laughs> the tears streamed down their masks as as they lost because they knew they lost in the first uh b- vote because Whoa. they were like whoever's voting for Sloan and Leslie Lewis is not voting for, for Peter. Peter no, mm. yes. so once they eliminate those people, it they goes, all go it, to Tool. Yeah, it goes to either O'Toole yeah. or it was going to Leslie Lewis. It's, it's Tool time, baby. Let's Wait, because Peter McKay is like too like left in comparison too, yeah. to the other he's two too oh, yeah, he's, yeah so, so he's blue he he was trying to go against social conservatism yeah, when it oh, came right, to right. the conservative yeah. campaign remember he actually you weren't here for this but they we discussed one of his internal like conversations got out where he's like look when you campaign like don't hit hard on the abortion stuff like we, we can't win with yeah, that don't, oh, I remember, don't talk anti-lgbtq episode yeah. about it they said he said like put those issues aside for now or yeah, something exactly. was his quote yeah now Aaron O'Toole famously screwed Jim Carahalios the real conservative candidate and I cannot wait I will be doing research on the Jim Carahalios Facebook page because I have no doubt he has many angry things to say about Aaron O'Toole oh that was the the, the Carahalios caliphate will rise that was yeah. the person from the previous episode eh? from was a while back ever that's the guy who when he made a racist statement posted a picture of himself surrounded by black people with uh, <laughs> boards and sticks <laughs> Yeah. To try and prove that he was not racist. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I wanted that guy on the on yeah. the ballot. But uh, the greatest O'Toole. weapon of all time, the board with the nail, <laughs> the nail through, through it. it. <laughs> That's right. So so Aaron O'Toole though. What a strange So the thing victory. the fun thing about Aaron O'Toole uh has literally nothing to do with Aaron O'Toole because uh did anyone watch the sheer tribute? No. I, Andrew, no, I don't want to be like sad. other than the cum tribute I did. <laughs> not, no, he he went on stage and he essentially said, um, uh, you know, the classic down with Justin Trudeau. He is a, a fascist leader. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's um, correct. We need to stop reading the mainstream media. Yep. Have oh, we, yeah. Oh, yeah. No more CBC. This one no more CBC. No more CBC. And we need to read uh, Rebel News and True North. <laughs> yeah. And True Anon, oddly enough. Yeah. I thought they actually mentioned our podcast. That was the third one. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's what she was. a big fan. <laughs> yeah. He was He was like, and the late, late capitalism show. <laughs> he saw it was in the recommended if you listen to Ben Shapiro list. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I got to check this out. Yeah. So, so his thing was Fox. And then, and then. Uh, I can't believe he said that. That yeah. like, and then he went on Twitter. I, someone, someone like a journalist came out and was like, "Andrew Shear just said not to follow." He any said, "Oh, like news conservatives media. shouldn't listen to the mainstream media." And then he responded, being like, "No, all Canadians shouldn't listen yeah. to the mainstream media." Yeah. It's like, oh my god, it's <laughs> popping off. Rebel yeah. news. Don't follow Rebel news. Yeah. It's literally well, it's a, a winning strategy that's for fun. conservatives. Like, remember, culture war is how you win. Yeah, true. yeah. Yeah, like, that's so gross. Oh, my God. I remember watching an interview of him on Rebel News, and it was, it like, it was Faith Goldie or something, and she was trying oh, to get God. him to say more offensive things that he was actually comfortable saying. So, I'm, like, he, he seemed incredibly awkward, and, like, he didn't want to agree with her because she was like, oh, all immigrants should die. And he's like, well, you know. Some are good. It was so. really funny. There was actually, Sheer was on the CBC um, the night before the campaign. <laughs> Like our the night before the results, two and, timer, and it was on. Cut. It was on at midnight. <laughs> I don't know if that was the original airing, but I was listening to it at midnight. And it made it so much funnier thinking about him at midnight getting well, yeah. up to like call the CBC That's as if it was like a dear Abby. You can't show graphic content. <laughs> 
early in the day. That's yeah, why yeah. our show broadcast at 11.59 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he was on there, and he was just like, yeah, Trudeau did this, and the Wee scandal, and this and that. And then the interviewer was like, okay, like, what do you think conservatives should do that has nothing to do with Trudeau? Mm. <laughs> and he was just like, but Trudeau, like that's literally how he started the the rebuttal was like, but Trudeau did this, and it was just like he's getting shunned. Yeah. His well, whole his whole Twitter feed is literally just people being like, shut up. Every single reply to any tweet he has is just shut up. Yeah, um, is which nice. is great. I, I am very excited for sure to recede back into the sea from which he came. But people uh, are concerned. Yeah, well. O'Toole, I know, is probably the ho- most hawkish of all of the nominees. And somehow the least charismatic. Yeah. Like, well, the, same with Sheer. They yeah. don't get it. Like, they, I remember when they did this in 2016 when they fucking elected Sheer instead of, or, yeah, instead of, like, Maxime Bernier. Yeah. And then he started, yeah. you know. Who at least puts asses in seats. The PC, the yeah. PPC, the PP Canada. <laughs> yeah. He got fucking his ass blown out on yeah. election night. And oh, then yeah. one of one of his followers, one of his favorite followers is a guy i worked with a little french canadian toad who posted on facebook what's so bad about racism anyways and then deleted it 25 minutes later saying <laughs> that he was off his meds and then got a job with the city of kingston in the diversity sector no so that was a guy i matched on tinder once whoops yes. no yeah, little toad boy i hate all of that he's so cool they just Justin Trudeau might be like a multi-term, like a three-election prime minister, simply because they keep putting him up against the most incompetent. Yeah. Well, people no, they're possible. like the conservatives of Canada are using the Democrats of America's strategy, which is not Trudeau. And like, hey, yeah. yeah, here's this like useless sack of shit, but he's not Trudeau. I would argue they're using the Democrat strategy of they don't actually want to win. Yeah, <laughs> so I was. Yeah. they just want to complain and like yeah. nominate these fucking ugly yeah, that's freaks. Fair. I was uh, I was perusing some of like the conservative Canadian circles to see how they were reacting because i i lit- like i sat there i sat there for six hours Jeez, waiting for this fucking thing that was supposed I to be went, 45 minutes i went to bed at the second ballot and then i woke up later to take a piss and they had just announced the results and it was like 1 30 oh yeah. my god <laughs> like, what the fuck and uh and yes it was on reddit <laughs> <laughs> but then i see all these people that were like conservatives and uh the whole night were looking forward to who was going to win and as soon as it was o'toole they were like well, another liberal leadership. Yes, and they're like, oh. they were they were like we're fucked. Like you, we we can't win with O'Toole. If you were gonna go that route with the more socially conservative, almost fringe candidate that people didn't really know and came out of nowhere, it would have been Leslie Lewis. Yeah, mm. absolutely. She would have pulled in votes. Yeah, because she's insane. Right. <laughs> like yeah. she'll literally just say anything, and that works. Um, whereas O'Toole is just a wishy washy bitch, bitch who wants to like shut down the cbc i heard he was talking a lot about his ties to like the oshawa gm plant and how he's like a working man and yeah. from the gta and everything but apparently like it was his one of his family members or something works there but was like a, like father, was a manager and was like a union busting manager yeah. so oh it's like God. okay hey it adds up right yeah but uh yeah so o'toole now people are worried because they were like the only thing so what mckay had going for him was that he was like more moderate like more center right so he was going to pull in some of those swing votes mm. from like a, you know general liberal conservative like swing voters and uh but now they have like people. o'toole who literally just doesn't do anything and has no <laughs> platform or nothing and doesn't really no he's gonna take canada back and people don't know who yeah. he is yeah that's a fucking worst slogan i remember Did talking about this before canada but it's still is that his thing again? that's the official yeah, slogan. yeah that's from the who? slogan aaron exactly. o'toole 
Uh, well, that's great. Aaron I'm, O'Toole is going to take Canada back from the Wii charity, which is now... Our, <laughs> it's like Cyberpunk. That They're the corporation that We stand on guard thing. for Wii, that's folks. Right. <laughs> uh, several thousand of the liberal politicians' fail sons and daughters are forming a brown shirt society. <laughs> oh Wii God. is everywhere. We are all we. And it's yeah. time for Aaron O'Toole, this balding man who looks like an elf's penis, to finally... Take things back. Yeah, he's going to put the me back in we. That's right. He's the most vanilla conservative yeah, he's you could have found. An ugly fat guy who's probably <laughs> doing things with his wife or having someone do things to his wife yeah, while he watches. Boy. But and he loves right. climate change, so that's very exciting for us. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> he's he's going to turn the Northwest Territories into like, I don't know, once it all melts away. A beach paradise. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. A new tourism sector. <laughs> it's going to be the Canadian equivalent of the Saudi Arabian city of Neom. <laughs> <laughs> it's about damn time. Yeah, like, uh, so Sloan got fucked, and it was really funny watching him cry. Yeah, um, no, I liked good. that, but then I felt bad for Megan because, like, you know, your com- your campaigns. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I, wor- I worked so career. hard. That's for so upsetting. Our intrepid listeners, you may know that I hate journalists, but I I, I traded into the journalist territory when I sent a message to Derek Sloan yesterday at five o four a.m., which simply said the following: <laughs> Mr. Sloan wanted to first say condolences for your loss in the race yesterday to Keebler Elf Aaron O'Toole. Wanted to quickly ask you something. Were you aware that CPC stands for Child Porn Canada? Oh if so, God. why did you campaign so strongly for its leadership? And uh, he has uh, not yeah. responded. Uh, that's too bad. Why did that's hard hitting stuff there? That's you right. are a journalist. That's what it. That's what that's it is. True. So. The fact that there was no comment speaks <laughs> speaks so <laughs> much to his character. I really wish silence. he had seen it and not responded. Is that would have been the really second yeah, if he it's sees left it, on red. I will let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to send him a follow up message very shortly. So the funny thing about this, right? is we know the conservatives pride themselves in being very managerial. Mm. <laughs> you know, have a budget and get things done in time and set deadlines. Six-hour delay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was embarrassing. The whole entire time the CBC was... Actually, every single newscaster was just tearing them apart, being like, well, I guess we have 15 more minutes, maybe set four hours on the clock and like stuff like that. Like They were just destroying them remember during the election when um sheer started to talk and then the cbc cut to trudeau because trudeau was like oh time for me to go on and then he didn't get his speech and he was really mad <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <like> that. <laughs> it was so, weird. the cbc kept cutting back to beer management was just like jacking his shit <laughs> <laughs> he was so bored but the reason why it took so long goes back to the ballots that i was talking about before uh so they have an automatic ballot opening machine that the, also scans the ballots. The computer forgot how to do math. It was really sad. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those Boston Dynamics like parkour <laughs> yeah. bots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was the dog. <laughs> That's right. It was Spot. He came in, <laughs> had all the mail on his back. No, uh, what they did was they sent out smaller ballots this year. And you know when you print something and you have to tell it what size the page is? Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, they forgot to tell the letter opening machine <laughs> what size the new ballots oh were. Oh, my God. So... Uh, <laughs> Estimated minimum 4,000 ballots were ripped in half. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they got to go back to the so old system. So did they system. have to like go in and manually type so them in so and tape happens, them? So what happens is they were, they couldn't find tape. So an hour and a half was an hour and a half was spent trying to find enough tape to fix Just four thousand ballots them all together. And then once that is done, there's a, a group of ten scrutineers for each party, I believe. So that's 40 people have to have a unanimous decision oh on what the ballot God. says. Oh, my God. So you have to do that at least 4,000 times. 
like just for for next time around they got to go back to the old system which was just like employing illiterate irish immigrants well i was gonna to say the hardest thing was they couldn't find four thousand conservatives that can read <laughs> <laughs> i i thought you were gonna say that they made the the paper smaller and the fact that everyone voting in the conservative pre- preliminary is like 85 years old they just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, didn't just fill them out <laughs> properly <laughs> it's like uh i'd it's like, like to vote for diefenbaker again <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone filling out a scantron and highlighter or something yeah. like that <laughs> no it was committed suicide <laughs> <laughs> just gave up but the worst part about it like when it was done like i thought it was really funny because everyone was commenting being like your whole party says that it's really good at being managers of things right mm-hmm. up the um, thing. yeah yeah you literally just had to tell this machine what ballot size it was <laughs> i can't believe it ripped them in half That's literally so ripped funny. them in half yeah and uh but the worst part about it is i think trump's probably going to use that as fodder for his anti-mail-in mm. ballot campaign um, oh, this was all an op. Oh, this might have totally been an op. You, yeah. This might have been no, like I'm some sold. weird QAnon yeah. Russian. Yeah, no, this is. This there was is, a child in the printer. That was Gladio <laughs> shit. Yeah, a little boy the, inside the printer. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little boy ripping up the ballot. He got when they finally finished counting the votes, it was 8 a.m. Moscow time. <laughs> 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 it's weird. Every also most of the comments that I saw too when it was taking six hours, like it was getting at the five ma- hour mark, and everyone was getting literally. They were going insane, right? You're just going stir crazy watching these people say the same thing for hours and hours. And uh, people were like, what the real delay is is that Sloan won by a landslide and they have to figure out what the hell to do. <laughs> that would have been so That insane. would have been crazy. China would have just ceased to exist immediately no. as soon as that happened. The, the nuke was in wiped the air. off the map. They had to change the results. That's why those 4,000 votes got shredded. That was the balance of power. Yeah. <laughs> like 4,000 ultra high power ranking like officials voted for Sloan. That's yeah. right. And they were worth like hundreds of ballots each. President Xi <laughs> had to call off the bombers. So that's why it took so long they had to bring them out of the air so yeah like the whole thing was so fucking boring mm. and i'm so glad that i witnessed it and i'm glad that i never have to do it again and i'm glad that you did that us. so i didn't yeah. have to yeah no i like i was messaging you guys and i was like don't bother looking into it i'll tell you all the spicy stuff but six hours worth for me to tell you 10 minutes of spicy stuff is not worth it you know what not worth anyone's boring, time though the what? RNC, the Republican National Convention. <laughs> Wait, I have oh one question God. just yeah. before that. Yeah, Did yeah. they air like just waiting rooms and like people talking yes. the whole time or yeah. they just play episodes of Heartland or something? That'd be a real blast in the face of uh, the the CPC though because they're like, their whole campaign is not to get rid of CBC Radio. They like CBC Radio. Mm. They want to get rid of Canadian-based television. Oh, okay. No more quarter gas. No yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gas. They want to take our corner gas. <laughs> this is our letter Kenny from you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and so it would have been really funny if they actually just showed that constantly throughout their whole <laughs> entire thing, like in the corner, like a picture-in-picture mode. Um. <laughs> no, it was just newscasters like talking speculating yeah. and, for like and six being hours. like i want to go home like literally on air being like this is taking a very long time and i want to <laughs> be done i was supposed to be done at eight o'clock oh my god and it's like you know one in the morning and they're like i'm tired mm. <laughs> and they're like hey are you tired haha <laughs> yeah i'm tired and they just like look dead in their fucking <laughs> eyes like it, it was it was really depressing yeah, god waiting. they have hard jobs those newscasters <laughs> for aaron o'toole as well they're just like <laughs> They're like looking around. They're like, oh, really? After <laughs> the first ballot was set up, they looked at it like they they 
reconvened and discussed and then they were like i don't know what's taking them so long like <laughs> they should have had this already figured out because it was another 30 <laughs> minutes after the first ballot was results were shown but uh yeah they were they were looking at each other being like oh so it's probably o'toole who won yeah and right. the whole conversation was so melancholic it was like yep probably o'toole <laughs> that back to you like a couple of farmers <laughs> nobody had about fucking anything to say yeah. Because he's just so vanilla. There's nothing to him. Looks mm. like rain. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell us tell us a little bit about the RNC there. So oh we talked God. briefly. So about, much more exciting. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. They, this one's heated. We spoke briefly about the DNC last week. Specifically, the outro song was that perplexing cover of uh, Buffalo Springfield's uh, whatever. I don't even know what Something the happened in here. Something, something going to happen here. Isn't it called What's Going On? Yeah. No, no that's Marvin Gaye. That's What's a much better song. On? Oh, that's also four non-blondes. That's not as good of a song. Uh, the RNC, the counterpoint. So the DNC was filled with former Republicans that were speaking, for the most part, like John Kasich, and they talked about endorsements from Colin Powell, which, ugh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. The RNC featured the current crop of Republicans, which was mostly comprised of Donald Trump's children. Yeah, it's Donald Trump, Trump's children, as well as, like, cult leaders and members. And sure the, the couple from... Uh, yeah, the protests that had a that gun, just pointed Saint, guns. Yeah, at like people the St. Louis couple <laughs> that just like pointed guns. At were people. they actually there? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. you guys they, are they being were guests of honor. They were live from their Megalo mansion. Yes, were are you serious? serious? Yes. Yeah, not a joke. Like condoning that behavior, yes. being like yeah, these they, people they brandish guns and now get to talk no, at the RNC. They're American heroes. They use those pictures of them with the guns. Yeah, we're not as like a positive thing. That's culture war, babe. Yeah, are you serious? Oh yeah. Oh my god, I actually can't That's believe that. That's not the worst thing that happened. No. That's insane. For me, the undisputed highlight was Donald Trump Donald Trump Jr. insanely coked out of so yeah, coked, man. in fact, his eyes were trying to escape his head. <laughs> like, he was so He was having wet. such a good time. And like so <laughs> Charlie Kirk was the opening speaker as oh well. My god. Which oh. is a great sign. I can't get over this couple. Is what they did was illegal, right? Technically. No, really. I don't think they so. didn't shoot at anybody. They just had their guns on their property. What are they yeah. called? Castle laws? Yeah, it's like In it's not technically illegal oh for them. It was a gated community. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Okay, uh, Kim Kimberly Gil Kimberly Gargoyle, Donald Trump Jr.'s <laughs> uh, girlfriend, spoke. Uh, <laughs> They had some woman whose name was Hope that it just said cancer survivor. <laughs> and I don't understand what her role they was. They made there. her up. She was a character for But the she thing. like screamed in hers. Uh, I saw a lot of edits of a woman with her arms up, like that Elmo yes. on fire thing. Was that her? No, that okay. was a different one. I can't remember who that was, but I know who you mean. She was also like completely off the fucking plot <laughs> she was insane everybody there was so coked up was it, was, it all just live streams were there people like in a building together or it was like the dnc it was like video packages mostly. Oh, okay which is funny because that's so cucked you think that if for the rnc they would have like a full crowd like yeah. no masks like mm. you've lost yeah them. yeah people coughing on each other yeah in, in spite at least of they were the... doing cool drugs like no one had fun at the DNC. no the dnc was some of the most pussy yeah. shit i've ever seen <laughs> yeah just yeah. completely mind-numbing yeah, it's like the RNC. the only one on cool drugs there was Joe Biden. Those are just the things that keep him alive. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Bernie Heart Sanders medication. had lean, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> it's the only way he could get through that with all the chopped wood in the background. But the RNC was just like truly indicative of where conservatism is heading. Yeah, it's like we're going back to dynastic politics. Which is so funny to watch Joe Kennedy the third, the Democrat, like struggling and losing his primary, but the Republicans have embraced it full stop. Mm -hmm. They want a million Trumps to be presidents. 
Uh, they want Baron is the only one that will be president. Is what I'm calling in 2030. Two, he's going to be the next president. I know yeah. that for a fact. He's going to be a meme page admin. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that is the closest thing to the president. He's already in like the seven future. feet tall. That's know, true. Like he's tall only people, going so. to grow. Yeah. He's yeah. going to be yeah. Like the, there's like fifty feet. Yeah. <laughs> like the Simpsons Halloween special where they have all the billboards attacking people, and Chief Wiggum just unloads. It's like Chief, that was the captain of the basketball team. <laughs> like that's the same thing that's going to happen to Baron Trump. He is going to be killed in an officer-involved shooting because they mistake him for the big boy from. Big Boy's Burgers, <laughs> but life-sized. <laughs> Anyways, the RNC ruled. It was so yeah. fascinating. And we started with the RNC. We started the day off right. Did you hear about this? Kellyanne Conway yes. walked off the job. She did. First thing in the morning. Wow. Yeah, and so did her like shithead weasel uh, husband. What husband was her job up to this point? Kellyanne was like press. No, she was the, what was it, the Department of Education. Oh, Kellyanne? No, that's, no, no, that's no, Betsy no. DeVos. Yeah, that's, oh. that's the other <laughs> Trump yeah. lady. Kellyanne, I believe, is like press secretary. She had a role within like the propaganda wing. She's been there from like day one. Yeah, and then her husband left the Lincoln Project. Oh, yeah. my God, the um, Lincoln Project. And then her I wish daughter, follow Lincoln. her daughter left the family. Yeah. At oh. 15 years old. Bye. Uh, Sophia, powerful, powerful. I think her name is Sophia Conway. Yeah. You you can sleep on Jesse's couch. You get Jesse's That's What's Up of the Week. She's 15. Hmm? Yeah. Be I'm going to be careful. her father. Okay. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's no ill will here. Mm-hmm. I literally just want... I'm going to teach her how to actually be a leftist. I'm going to teach her how to shoot. Like she posted her family out of the White House. She posted That's her so family cool. into disillusion. Yeah. yeah. They all hate each other now. That, like, so gen, cool. That is Gen Z power is to like yeah. divorce your parents because you can't stop posting me. <laughs> uh, what what uh, another uh, conservative news recap for the U.S. is... Uh, what is his name? Phil... Phil Way? Phil... F- Something junior. Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. No, he's no. a Nazi now. What? Oh, didn't know that. <laughs> the guy who runs uh, Liberty College. Oh, Jerry Falwell Jr. There we go. How do you guys know all these people? What the heck? Okay. Jerry Falwell Jr. the brain poison. Is an incredible <laughs> man, folks. We kn- we know it, so you don't have to. <laughs> so so Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, runs like an evangelical college. I will explain Liberty University. Liberty University was founded in 1976 by the Falwell family. Jerry Sr. was the first head of the of the university. It's an incredibly fundamentalist. Is it a real? Can you get a degree? Yes. yes. It's accredited. Well, I don't, I don't think Queens would take it. <laughs> but it is like a fundamental Christian university that teaches things like, you know, Christian theology. And there's a strict moral code that students must follow, including no premarital sex, of course. I have a story. Quick, it'll be one minute. Um, there is a, a Christian college in Ontario that's being sued by a group of students because they had like in their student's handbook that you couldn't engage in any premarital sex or homosexual relationships at all. So then in Ontario, it, yeah, yeah. So then a bunch of I kids think a are friend suing. Of mine from high school went there to get his like it's to called, become a minister. Back like, off, yeah, buddies. redeemer or something like yes. that, or yeah, something like that. Fucking hell. Anyway, but yeah, but Liberty has and like they've been running for decades. Uh, Jerry Jr. took over in like I want to say the early 2000s, 2007, and he had been like the president of the university until very recently. Yeah, literally, uh, he he resigned a couple weeks ago uh, because he was caught taking photos on a yacht with his pants undone with a bunch of other girls, like oh. very uh, clearly while, fucked while up drinking too. liquor and then posting it, being like, "Don't lo- worry about the black liquid in my cup." Yeah. 
And it's like, what are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> You're insane. <laughs> to be fair, that's the X Files goo that they yeah. all use <laughs> yeah. to live it was, it was genuinely it was like what insane. The, the guy in Venom is covered. With. That's yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was just drinking the symbiote. The symbiote. <laughs> <laughs> And then just yesterday, two days ago, um, two days ago, but it really broke yesterday. It really broke yesterday. Jerry Falwell Jr.'s pool guy, who also was, uh, was he? A so this requires explanation. Jerry Falwell Jr. and his wife went down to Miami for a holiday, and while they were at this resort, they just recruited this twenty-year-old cabana boy, and were like. We want you to run a real estate project for us. Huh? And then everybody at the time was oh. like, that's sort of sus. And then it came out that the cabana boy, who's pretty hot, was just like railing Jerry's wife while Jerry Falwell Jr. watched and like jacked it He liked to hang out cup. in the yeah. corner. He literally was a cuck. Well, so cool. And yeah. like this cabana boy had real estate holdings worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars because he hung around with the Falwells. And Dude, just yeah. Man, you got the I, best I job ever. That's crazy. To be a Falwell himbo. Are yeah. you kidding? Yeah, me? yeah. You just get to fuck his wife and take his money. That's yeah. sick. And like Damn. this is Reuters reporting this as well. <laughs> like this is confirmed. <laughs> They're like, we have verifiable proof that this guy dicked down Jerry Falwell's wife. So cool. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what proof he gave. Maybe he's gonna drop a sweet sex pictures. Mm. Oh, did and he get texts? Pictures? He's like, he's like, like. <laughs> Recordings of their FaceTime conversation. Oh my God. That's, I love it. I love it. It's he, great. Sis spilled. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. So so like the U.S. conservatives, the the Republicans are literally falling apart at the seams, and it's hilarious. Everyone's mm. life is crumbling, and I love to see it. Jerry, you're a pimp, though. You get Jesse's that's what's up of the week for living an uncompromised life. That's right. Something very common during the quarantine and the pandemic has been to nestle yourself at home. You know, staying home is the best thing you can do and revisiting some of your favorite childhood shows. Maybe it's something you watched when you were young. Maybe it's something you've discovered fairly recently. Whatever it is, now's a great time to binge media. One of the things I love to binge is food television shows. It's brainless. It's easy. And one of the all-time... Dated her. That's right. One of the all-time wow. great shows. <laughs> that was a little rude, dude. I was joking. Yeah, her name is Chance. We're <laughs> in this room right now. He's a big fucking himbo. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> One of my favorite shows to binge is Kitchen Nightmares. And I need to specify, Thanks. there is a UK version and a US version. And much like with The Office, they are very different versions, even though they operate off the same premise. Yet once very atheist. <laughs> That's uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but watching Kitchen Nightmares... Although it's fairly mindless entertainment, I started to piece a few things together and come up with a few central theses, especially when you compare the UK edition with the much more insane oh my US God. edition. Yeah. It's, you, I, I knew that they were different and I knew like obviously American reality TV is much more out there. But like the whiplash between watching these, yeah, episodes. especially because we would just finish, we just finished a British episode and then immediately started an American episode. And we were like, "Whoa, Nine day. it hurts." The difference is even visible from the very second the show starts. The UK intro, like the, the title, title, yeah, the title, title credits Gordon are insane. Ramsey, who, if you aren't familiar, that's who hosts these shows. He just walks up and puts a knife and some meat, and it just and he's no, wearing a there's a fun neck. little, there's a fun little um 
yeah, like knife anime. zooming knife through anime. the air, yeah, yeah. and he's yeah. like going through the kitchen, oh, and then it like hits the, a wall. I'm thinking of the DVD cover. Yes, the one for the UK one is just a knife hitting a wall. Yeah, and it says kitchen nightmares. The US one <laughs> is intercut. <laughs> With mental breakdown. Yeah, yeah, literally people sobbing. There's impact font being like debt. <laughs> no, no. I, yeah, this is exactly it. I, I, this is how I wanted to intro this segment. Debt, denial, disaster, food, yep. fights, disgusting, <laughs> shutdown, passion, relationships, dreams. Dreams is the big dreams one. Dreams is the big dreams one. Dreams is so, the central one. Folks, all these like massive impact font like through across like clips of people yelling at each other and holding up dead rats and, and stuff. crying. And crying. <laughs> uh just in case like because you're like a mindless dumb American and you like no, honestly, this is how it's marketed. Yeah. There is such an yeah. open you're, like, contempt. Like <laughs> These are the main things we're talking about in this show, you fucking morons. Yeah. It sounds there's like, gonna yeah. be debt. There's gonna be denial. What are those? Uh, what are those fun things called? Uh, word maps or word clouds? Yeah, it's oh, a word yeah. cloud. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like a word cloud for every first Honestly, date I've ever been on. The U.S. Kitchen Nightmares almost has like an anime style intro. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> like it's just quick cuts and like you expect One Punch Man to come out of nowhere. That's right. And it's I really like the fact that in the U.S. one it has the word dreams dreams is very important because when i started thinking about it the most pure understanding of the american dream can be seen in the humble life of a restaurant specifically the restaurant owner exactly like everyone hyper focus on the restaurant owner yeah if the american dream is starting a small business what is the one business that everyone thinks that they could do own a restaurant also, what is the one business that is the worst to open and, out of and anything? And the hardest fails. and is definitely going to fail. fails more than anything else. 80% of the time. Is a restaurant. And the restaurant is perfect because you see a direct intermingling between the owner class and the working class. 100%. It's the most clear. And also like the patrons themselves, exactly. which is a whole other dimension. It's the most clear distillation. You have every strata of class in one location. You have the patrons who you could describe. If they're able to eat at these restaurants consistently they're doing okay for themselves you have the kitchen staff where it's very clear that most of the people in the kitchen whether they be dishwashers or sous chefs are not making very much money no they are disproportionately paid you have the waiters who are paid even less and are depending on the kindness of the middle class and guess what a lot of times in politics the middle class doesn't really do much to help these people and in restaurants they do even less and then you have the owners the petty bourgeois who are striving to become you know the next restaurant magnet these people are always like yeah like i want three or four like i want to i want to make a difference like i want to grow this Mm -hmm. but a lot of them also have like more debt than their restaurant is worth so like they think that they're fancy and they think they're this cool restaurant owner but they really don't have any money like and what is so interesting as well is that the uk and the us ones provide a fascinating snapshot of pre-housing crisis yeah and post dean was talking about that the first season of us kitchen nightmares is 2007 so the first two seasons really is like pre yeah and then season three onwards especially the episodes we watched yeah it becomes very clear. And the UK one is the mid-2000s, and they were doing quite well. Mm. And it's so interesting to see what life looked like you know, 15 years ago. And I have a great time watching it. The formula, it's reality TV. It varies very... It's, it's slightly different between the UK and the US, but that's mostly in the window dressing. But the general plot breakdown is Gordon Ramsay comes to a failing restaurant. He does his first tasting. He discovers what the issues are. He works to address them. There's some other, you know, snafu. Usually it's, oh, this first new service is a shit show. They get through it. And then the UK one, 
actually does a lot of work afterwards where he comes back six weeks later at yeah. the end of the episode and he sees how they do. The American one saves those for special clip show episodes, yeah. which yeah. I did not make you watch, but they're not very good. No, yeah, that's no <laughs> fun. And I gotta say, well, my first thing is that Gordon Ramsay has done like literally hundreds of these episodes. Like, I yes. don't know how he has like handled doing this show for so long. There's so many episodes. But I, I find that the setup and the premise is the same, but the amount of time taken on each section is so different between Very the two different. in the British one it literally feels like he's giving them therapy at some point and he's like yes. working through all their interpersonal relationships he does all these games with them where they have to like <laughs> yeah. like talk to e like little pictures of each other and now then they let's have to go like swim in the lake yeah they, yeah they do like fishing <laughs> together and he sits them down whereas the American one it's like the first three quarters is like just tragedy Disaster. porn of like yeah. how horrible this restaurant is. And then he just gives them like a remodel and a new oh. menu and he's like, peace. And then okay. that's so it. And you're should supposed we to be go happy. episode by episode now before yeah. we get specific too much to into yeah, the yeah, weeds yeah. here? Let's yeah. start with the UK. We're going to we're gonna ease everybody into yeah. it. So Please. the first UK oh one I sent you guys, I want to talk about the Sandgate. Because the sand, we're going to Sandgate first. I want to gotcha. do Sandgate first because Sandgate is the most pure distillation of what the average UK episode looks like. Yeah. And then the fen the Fennec is very is different Fe mostly yeah, for yeah. a certain that individual. Is, that, <laughs> that is strange. So Sandgate, Sandgate is cool. It opens as we often do with Kitchen Nightmares on a completely hideous drunk chef, <laughs> uh, just the like cr ugliest troll man he you've is, ever seen. To no, be I fair, found him kind of handsome. He's like six foot seven. Okay. Yeah, he's a monster. Okay. He's and he's so got cool. nice brown hair. I, I was, thought he was cute. I loved him, Dean. I love no. Broken. No, I love he's, him. He's, he's my lovely. friend. He's just not a very attractive. No, man. He, no, he just he you guys don't reminds know. Me of he my is attractive. Boys. No, he has petty gigantism. Yeah, that okay. Yeah, if they didn't have the NHS, I shouldn't have. Yeah, that was able. If they didn't have the NHS, Shit. this man would be 30 feet tall and just a gigantic tumor. Yeah, he's got that uh, fucking uh, a big fish disease. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they Andre throw the burlap sack over his head. <laughs> he has Marfan's. So the restaurant is a little hotel. It's not um, a little hotel. It's a big hotel. Like the yeah, Sandgate is in quite Kent. the size. True, yeah. In yeah. Kent. In it's so a, a seaside town. Exactly. Yeah, it has... At the start, they have three different uh, restaurants <laughs> in their site. hotel. Um, the chef runs all of them i think but yes. it yeah. he so has to like do three different cooking on different days yeah <laughs> the three restaurants for the record are like a barbecue outside uh that has uh new zealand food yeah, which i didn't even know they cooked food there yeah she also said it was cuban so it was a little, it and, was a little cuban, bit of a sure. uh, <laughs> and then they have like a uh, high dining like fancy yeah, restaurant British. and then they have a sushi bar in the base called sugoi <laughs> sugoi and, and no one is japanese no nope. the chef no. even says he's like I'm from I'm Jordi. Yeah, he's from <laughs> I the love Jordi. Jordi. Shore. He's like, I'm not trying to cook Japanese food. The woman who runs it, they said before, was a perfume salesman, um, saleswoman. So at an airport. Yeah, so yeah. they have zero what? hospitality yeah, and again, training like, and then bought a big hotel. The economic uh, disparity between like then and now is it? Could you imagine a perfume salesman <laughs> yeah. owning a massive hotel like, out of nowhere? Then like we put hotel. our savings aside and uh, now we own this hotel that's failing. So yeah, we could do that's, that. That's the dream. <laughs> and they're losing something like fifteen thousand pounds a week. Two thousand pounds a week, baby. Oh, it's two thousand. And they were only doing fifteen thousand pounds of business, mm -hmm. and they should be doing like fifty. There was also like he went in at the beginning and there was like 20 staff on for two customers yeah. or something so like that cool. because they have three restaurants yeah so gordon comes in he's like right i'm gonna i'm gonna figure out what the <laughs> issue is here so he goes in and uh he sits down for his tasting and i would like to read some of my notes about the tasting first off there were 168 total items on the menu 
That's insane. I feel like that's the main problem with every single episode. He just goes and he's like, why is your menu so big? Oh, restaurants do it constantly. One of the first things he has served is a chicken dish. And this is what I wrote. Gordon has served a plump, juicy fucking cock. <laughs> it is like it's chicken. A, it is very phallic. In, so oh, the so little tube? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. And it's yeah. sticking straight up out of the plate. And, and it, looks, yeah, it looks like one of those suction... It's just uh, missing, like pubic hairs yeah but yeah. it is a cock it's like a suction dildo <laughs> this is also a great example of how he talks to waitresses because like all of the waitresses in the show are like an 18 year old girl and yeah. they come and they're like shy about being on camera and they're happy that their boss is getting made fun of so they're like teehee like i'm friends with gordon and then so she puts it down on the table and he's like this looks like a dick and yeah. she's like oh uh-huh. <laughs> he literally said this was something out of a porno yeah <laughs> and she's like <laughs> showing, showing that 10 cent smile <laughs> <laughs> so, what does that mean? Because uh, they're British. Instead they of a million dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah. So instead of he, he clearly does not enjoy the cock, the the cock tube chicken, <laughs> cock meat sandwich. Yeah, was, he, 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 was he just straight up deep throats it as soon as they give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> bon appetit. He's, he's the throat. Gordon, Gordon is a throat goat. There's no doubt about it. Gordon Gives it the also, old cock. What like while while we're like just making fun of how British people look, Gordon Ramsay even like he's in. Hot. In these older ones, looks like a gargoyle. No, he's very I think, wrinkly. I think he's hot. What brother. the hell? Oh, he's got Gordon. like he's got, he's like got a, a lot of face wrinkles. Sensibility you know what? To him. I think Jesse. Hot. I think you have great taste and because I I find him incredibly attractive. Oh, I'm so turned wow. on by him at all times. Yeah, God, even I will UK. never understand what I makes a man hot. You know what? And and I found him charming. That's the thing. He is very charming. Oh yeah, no, he's as soon he's as he spoke, I was like, you look like anything, my and guy. He he goes <laughs> and he he talks to the chef and he's like, what the fuck is up with your food? And it's basically yes, he has to cook 168 dishes, uh, including like sushi in three different restaurants. In three different restaurants, and they talk about how fucked up this is. And, and he was only a head chef for the first time six months ago, and yeah. it was at that restaurant. Exactly. So it was his first time running a kitchen. He had been working in like successful kitchens before. Like this is a pretty good chef. And Gordon's like, I feel like you're a good chef. You're just being held back by the limitations of not being able to cook 168 dishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they deal with that. Gordon then, of course, always discovers that there's like issues with the service and issues with the management. So something we touched on earlier is they do like the group bonding. And one of the first things he does is he takes all the kitchen staff guys out to go fishing. And when you catch a fish, you have to talk about what the issues are with the food. And my notes simply say, uh, Gordon fishes with Innsmouth simpletons. <laughs> <laughs> He does because they're like, all wearing the those tracksuits. They were literally all yeah. wearing tracksuits, other than the chef. Who's they're cool. so good. But yeah, like, they'd catch it. They'd be like, "Oh, oh, Stephen, here it is. Yeah, I got a fish caught. <laughs> all right, I think our menu's a little too big for us." I know the game was that they had to tell a truth every yeah. time they caught, caught a fish. A fish. Or something. It was so I, it was wild. I loved but, it. Like it so, was really great though. Yeah. Something to note about that, and like there. Were, there's like the fishing there's like other like weird like games and stuff that he does i feel like the uh the budget for the british show is much higher because there is it's actually like a a reality tv show in which things happen well in the american one it's exclusively shot in the restaurant they just they do a little remodeling but like no actual events take place. i saw i saw more like a like a curated documentary yes and what's great mm. is gordon ramsay really got famous for exactly that reason he was in a curated documentary called the boiling point which is about his quest to get an extra a new michelin star which is like the european symbol of quality for mm. food mm-hmm. and it's interesting because the style of the show really is very reminiscent of the boiling point which i'm going to talk about more later in discussing gordon ramsay the man but you're completely right although 
It is very interesting that in the UK one, they never really remodel the restaurant. They just like put up a coat of paint. So yeah. I don't know if yeah. the budget... If that, sometimes they don't even. Yeah, like, yeah. This yeah they're one, they like, this place is fine. Yeah. But like, I, like I'm sure like the, they have like on the American show, they like as cheaply as possible that we, we just will remake this restaurant to make it look different for the camera. <laughs> I was going to say... But like, they're like in the British show, there is obviously like thought going into each episode and how they can frame it and make it a narrative. Yeah. Mm. So after the fishing, which, and although we're kind of making fun of it, the fishing scene is very wholesome. It's and Gordon's wholesome. Yeah. like, awesome. he's like, the only thing I'm pissed about is I spent four fucking hours on the English channel. And I didn't catch anything. Yeah. Gordon's the only yeah, one who doesn't catch cute. a fish. I loved it. And then, is, he, and then he goes home and teaches them how to cook the fresh fish. Exactly. Yeah. And it he was goes, so good. And he's so encouraging. He's like, this is how you do it. Like, obviously he shouts here and there, but for the most part, he's like, this is how you cook this. This is the way it should be done. Yeah. And everybody's like, he simplifies the ingredients. They he, love it. He makes them close the Japanese um, restaurant, <laughs> yes. which is a common yeah. theme actually in like the whole show is like just be british or american like he's very anti foreign food yeah, to be honest because i think he's yeah, also I, like these are dumb random british chefs and they're not yeah. very good i think that's what it is because he usually comes down to like cook like you would at home right yeah, yeah. and yeah. he's like that's all people want when they go out is someone else to cook for them so you might as well do something that you know to address mm-hmm. the service concerns gordon and this is another oh my quote, god jean baptiste he deploys his boy slave <laughs> server <laughs> to set the yeah, our beautiful french <laughs> twin I love it. Where did Jean? I know they're like across the English Channel, but I was like, where the fuck did he have him in his suitcase? When when he he showed up and he was like, what the fuck are you doing? I was just like, like, I love this man. He kept saying fuck, but in a French accent, it sounded so strange. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? It it really sounded like he would never swear, except that like Gordon sort of coaches (laughs) him. (laughs) I love it. Groomed his boy slave. I love it. To cuss. I'm not gonna lie, I love John Baptiste. I'm so glad he showed up. Slappy from the Goosebumps <laughs> yeah, books. He did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? He said, like, Go to need a miss. <laughs> yeah, his job was to witness service and tell them all what to do. And then basically, he didn't really like help them through no. anything. He basically no. watched them do <laughs> a night and, of and, service. And then, when, like, and then went like, to Gordon and was like, It's shit. Like, they're yeah, terrible. But like, when, when he's explaining to, to Ramsey, he's like, Oh, you know, like there's no communication, and there, when when there's no communication, it it all breaks out. And he just like he spits out like five or seven <laughs> buzzwords and then leaves. Like he doesn't say he's anything. Pissed. Miss teacher, Miss teacher, <laughs> they are cheating. Uh, no, he's he's like John Baptiste, who makes an appearance in several episodes. Like you only saw him in one, but he comes up multiple times. Like he is a recurring oh, really? character. Yeah, so cool. And he's always so funny because it's like, what were you here for? <laughs> I don't know. It felt kind of real though. Like he's just like he's like. Hey, you're really good at your job. Show up. Tell me what the criticisms I agree. are. And the American one is missing that. Yeah. Because the American like, one's like all on Gordon. Whereas this, he's like, I have friends who can help me with this. Yeah. It's and like, it does feel more real. You know, he, he knows about the hospitality stuff, obviously. But yeah, he also waiter. has people that who he probably sees as this is your job because you're better at it than I am. And he's and that's exactly right. So they start to turn things around. Uh, and it hits where he's like finds out that the staff are allowed to drink on oh, premises bar, and that the restaurant is being like specifically targeting Dean. yeah they're like yeah, propped up by the fact that the staff are spending like two thousand pounds a month yeah. on alcohol and that's like a big folks that's actually a very income. healthy way to run a business <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, do not targeted. listen to ramsey here he's wrong yeah, he was like don't hang out there because it's unwelcoming to other guests and, yeah. and this was also we talked about this as we were watching but they 
in the british one they definitely address how like a lot of people who work in kitchens and bars are alcoholics like just in general there i've been watching other episodes of the british one too and there's an episode where like one the the chef is like the owner's son or something the irish one and I don't even I don't remember I, if it was Irish, but he he he, is. he actually has like a heart a liver malfunction during when they're filming. They have to like he hire collapses. a new wow. a new head chef, and he was basically like they're going, and then they go to this like little like therapist, and they talk about why it's so common for chefs to have alcoholism. Oh yeah, and, yeah. You know what's alcoholism, really nice? drug use, they cocaine. Didn't yeah. film him when he was on the ground, mm. which in the U.S. you know they would have. Oh, they would have. The UK one that. was so restrained. That would have been in every commercial. Gordon appears on camera. He's like, we've had an issue. He collapsed. We're going to make sure he's okay. Yeah. And like, that's it. Like, they show the other chef, like, taking over, obviously, like, yeah. running the kitchen. But like that, there's so much more restraint. Mm-hmm. Can I can I talk on that for a little second? Because I don't know about you guys. I've had a lot of kitchen experience. Has anyone else at this table worked very, in kitchens before? Very little. Barista. Like, three, <laughs> three months, mostly oh, washing okay. dishes. So I worked in a kitchen for... Actually, fi- we worked together. <laughs> yes, yes. I worked in a kitchen for five years, and then two years at another kitchen and then another two years at a different one. So that's a lot of time. They're overlapping at some points, but a long time in kitchens. And the thing I liked about the UK one is that it, like you guys were saying about like Gordon's sympathy towards like addiction problems Mm -hmm. is not seen as exploitative and it's not used as drama for the show. Oh yeah. You're totally like even a little bit. It's just like, and you want to know why? And it's because he's worked in a kitchen for fucking 30 years. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? I've worked in a kitchen for seven seven and a half. Yeah. You know, and I know what it's like. Like this is, it's real shit. You know what I mean? Like you, you show up and someone's all fucked up and you just got to kind of deal with it. Mm. Cause what are you going to do? You're not their counselor. Like there's only so much you can do. And most people who work in kitchens, the job is so not face to face with the customer yeah. that the only people you have to press are the people beside you. Mm. Yeah. So it's very easy to get away with shit as soon as the rules are lax in the kitchen. Right. Um, and that's what ends up happening. And so seeing him do that, like I said, like it brought a tear to my eye, how he treats the people in the kitchen, because I was like, I'm glad that, you know, Jordy, uh, that's not his name. What's Stewart. his name? Stewart is the big chef. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, you know, you can tell as soon as you start speaking that he drinks a oh, lot. Yeah. A you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the, the drawl and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm doesn't get brought up at all until the very end of the show because we're talking about uh them drinking at the bar they were like they were like he was known background he He was he was known for spending tons of money at that bar like Mm -hmm. he was he was the worst offender right and and he walks up to him and he was like how has been saving money not spending at the bar and he's like you know what i've been going out and getting drinks with my mom no, yeah. you know Isn't what, that he, what said? he says? No, no, no. This is what I. We were so confused. We, so we had, had to, to rewind, rewind this it a couple because times. his oh. accent is crazy, <laughs> and we thought he implied too that he was having beer at home beer with his beer. family. He yeah. said, "Baby." Yeah. He, he had him a child. and his partner had a child. As a, yeah. oh, I thought he was saying <laughs> that's what he's spending the no, money yeah. on. And I thought he was like, having I beer with his mother. I drinking at work, and now I'm a father. And yeah. I was like, whoa, <laughs> and good job, bud. And you know what bud. inspired him? Gordon's big plan to like advertise the restaurant is to hold like an oyster eating thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's yes. what he does. And he goes around. He literally goes to like he the has biggest an, employer. It's an oyster competition with the uh, sister town. Yeah, with the sister French town. And honestly, I feel like Gordon was on to something here. I feel like. 
if the French and the British had oyster eating competitions <laughs> annual event, <laughs> Brexit wouldn't have happened. That's right. That's true. They would have been too horny. To <laughs> yeah, vote. That's right. So Gordon and Stuart take oysters to like this big company and Gordon just walks around saying, oh, you own it yet? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah literally. Yeah. Old women if they're getting <laughs> yes, horny. No, he tells them how's it feeling downstairs? One of, one of the biggest... What? Excuse one me? Of the biggest I'm on my lunch break at work, you one psycho. Of, one of the most explicit ones was when he gave it to this lady. How was she sex? And, and no, Oh, and he he looks at her and he was like, "If you think that's good, the place also has a great bedroom upstairs that, that I can take oh you to." Oh my so god! Smooth. He's like, yeah. "Yeah, things progress. They've got great beds upstairs. Incredible." That was yeah. Sick. He, he asked that the old man how his sex life was. He asked the group of old ladies how it was feeling downstairs. Like it was a lot. It was, it was very it was so sexual. very horny episode because yeah. it also every UK episode has Gordon unrobing and like putting on his yes yes. We were that, gonna comment. Okay, he's gonna, naked yeah. in every British it's episode. It's like this weird like <laughs> intimate scene where he's like. Okay, like here's the situation. Here's these people. Uh, here's my plan for today. I'm going to see if they can uh, get the, if they're up to the task. And all that's happening in this weird yeah. like close up of his Yeah, it's yeah, it's, close yeah, it's a weird like profile shot. And uh, it's just like him taking his shirt off and putting like his chef shirt on. And it's it, like I, the first time it happened, I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. But then it happens in it that. Is, a, it is a motif. The amount of times. What the though, fuck? That's like, weird. I don't know, man. Working I in a kitchen, you, you change your clothes often. And that's another thing. Where Working like, in restaurants in general. Is this cinema verite? <laughs> like it, it's real shit. Like when I worked at uh, like a, one, a, one of the bars downtown that isn't the one I'm currently working at. Um, like the amount of times I would come in and like the ladies would literally just be changing their clothes and yeah. you don't think anything of it because it's like we got to change because we got to get ready for our shift. Uh, same thing within kitchens. It's like, man, my shirt's fucked. I got to change this. I'm, I sweat through it. You know what I mean? Like that shit, that happens. Even at the bar that we're currently working at, that, yeah. that happens in the back. So like I liked it because I was yeah. like, this is real. Like mm. time for the shift. I'm taking my was- shirt off. I don't give a fuck. I'm gross. It's I'm an old man. Very intimate as well. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you feel like oh, like he's just like chatting. Him. He's like this is in his room. He's just yeah, like, he's yeah. telling me the straight shit. So they go jumping in the sea before the final, like the final yeah, service so, of the episode. So Gordon Ramsay takes all like the eighteen to twenty year old boy chefs, <laughs> and they wear socks them down to their knickers. Yeah, but they're in their underpants, <laughs> and then they keep their socks on to go swimming. I was like, <laughs> what's wrong with these the people? Water. Also, then, water related. He also picks up an old lady after yeah, the some oyster old eating. Woman. Don't worry, I have that. I made specific note. <laughs> but yeah, they jump into the sea, and Gordon pulls Stewart's underwear yeah. down a little bit more and exposes his giant ass. Yeah, we <laughs> saw some. <laughs> big, I was like, what the fuck? We saw some so big elephant titus ass and it's dope <laughs> yeah. and then so they do their final service it goes really well the restaurant and the hotel starts making money gordon comes back you know six weeks later and oh sorry i will talk about the oyster eating competition so yeah. they invite the delegates from the french sister town they eat oysters and then they go down to the beach and they do an oyster shucking contest it was just so funny it's like all these fat french ladies versus like 13 chefs it's like who can yeah, shuck 13, more oysters? Uh, 13 chefs that are also like 18 to 20 year old hungry <laughs> so dudes the, yeah. chefs, the chefs shuck 76 oysters to the old women's 28 <laughs> and then like one of them puts her hands on gordon and then gordon just like picks her up and runs into Literally, the sea yeah. and she's big and she's like yeah. over his shoulder yeah. and then he just smacks face down and she falls yeah. down into the ocean and I was so like, cool. what he like this? abducts this His woman fucking that was, yoke, though. That like, was he, alpha yeah. as fuck he picked her up with like a, a hitch and then a smooth motion yeah he was gonna like john cena attitude adjustment <laughs> <laughs> so gordon comes back six weeks later we discover that Stuart has been fucking his wife and says it's the day a- it was the day of the oyster eating competition he was so horny he went home and shot a massive load yeah yeah he blew it <laughs> that in was his, his words exactly yeah and then they talk about the <laughs> I new blew it in my wife because it's a multi-level uh restaurant they have 
they used to use like a bell to alert yeah. people when food was ready. They talked about having a new system where all the waiters were equipped Wear with like a buzzer. buzzer. Yeah. He's like, I'll give him a, a tickle. <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah, it was implied he was like vibrating. Vibrating. Didn't Gordon say something? He was like, the new waitresses must yeah, love that. He's like, yeah, I give him all a tickle. And I was like, this is the horniest like, episode yeah, they, of this show. If I've they don't come fast enough, I give him all a tickle. And it sounds awful, but the way he said it was deeply endearing. Yeah, he was just having fun. I don't know. This is exactly like this is just like you thinking that Europeans are sophisticated <laughs> yeah. and sexy. Because if I said that, no From one would Jordy be laughing. <laughs> I would like to very briefly. Yeah. We've we've spent a lot of time in the UK. When I would just like to talk about the Fennec episode simply for one moment. Yeah, so Fennec I have the most the, notes on this one. I feel I like we covered a lot of similar stuff. That's though. fine. We'll we'll breeze through it. Fennec okay. was like ostensibly a British pub run by Brian and it's in, Elaine. It's in Kirby Lonsdale, Kirby, which, which is not Fun real. fact, that, I, that yeah, was no, where I first <laughs> rode a horse oh. in Kirby Lonsdale. Did you see Brian? I Honestly, <laughs> maybe we went. Gravy. I remember going to a pub in Kirby Lonsdale. So Brian is this insane old man with a soft <laughs> voice and pedophile eyes. <laughs> I feel like Gordon insults fetish. him because he thinks he's gay. Like he's He, he calls might. him a fruitcake and then every feminine thing in the restaurant, he's like, what do you have tea party shit? Yeah. He's like mad at him all the time. Which is <laughs> so interesting because Gordon, or sorry, Brian has like a long term wife. Yeah, he runs it with his wife. You gay ass sauces. He's yeah. <laughs> yeah. so really mad at Brian the Brian loves hoarding plates. To be fair, he is hoarding like children's plates. Like they have weird indents and like multiple spots for food. Yeah, there's like okay. shell shaped okay. ones. Okay, the one that made me pissed was the fucking one where <laughs> he was like, he was like, he was like, what do you, he was like, what do you do with this? And it looked like um, it looked like a, a tray you would get at like a prison. Yes. And he was it, like, it oh, like that's what TV I served the tray. steak on. <laughs> that's <laughs> what you served the steak on, you fucking barbarian. So what Brian the hell was that? And Elaine work cumulatively 240 hours a week, 120 hours each with yeah. no days off. Brian, for the reference. They get one day off a year. They take Christmas off. We took Christmas off. Th- like this, <laughs> this one uh, was so much more interesting to me just because like it it's like nightmarish. Yeah, this is like It is worst. like complete like, yes, like he had just black had, pill capitalism. He just had four The quadruple attacks. bypass surgery and then worked six days after the surgery <laughs> and then has had five heart attacks yeah. since. Yeah. Like yeah, what? That was insane. Yeah, and he's, he's just like going to die in that kitchen. And he's also a quarter million dollars in pounds debt. in debt. Yeah. yeah, like they are deeply unsuccessful. They <laughs> so Gordon eats their food and he's like, "What is this? Like this is not British pub food, and it's all coated in like varnish, which is his <laughs> sauce. And the sauces are apparently just it's, it's disgusting. funny. Like half the episode is Gordon uh, complaining about these sauces, and it's it's all like au jus, like yeah. blah, blah. but like the the whole episode is him yelling." Uh, I'm sick of this sticky Jew. I don't yeah. want any more sticky Jews in here. <laughs> yeah. like, it's, okay. it's Jew? Do you know? No, I, I know what he said. Sticky Jews in here. Yeah. Brian, <laughs> yes. So his gravy was comprised of red wine and granules. <laughs> it was like it looked pitch good. black. I really no, it looked horrible. Gravy. It looked so Can bad. you believe I cook for this woman? Gordon Ridiculous. I like you don't deserve like it. That. Gordon literally pours it into a pothole and it looks like tar. It does. <laughs> like it was accurate. I, I cannot believe you the gravy and the taste of red wine and i'm like mm. so brian is 62 he has heart problems uh everything in there is a mess like the kitchen's a mess the only good thing they have are the yorkshire puddings which look really good yeah they do. and yeah, also they one of their great. servers has a dump truck ass it was a quick <laughs> shot and i was like this I did woman not this. this woman is built like a table <laughs> i was like amazed by her <laughs> so gordon teaches them how to make good food especially good gravy, which becomes, believe it or not, a central point in the show. He tells them, like, all right, I want you to come for 
I want you to come. Oh. <laughs> All right, I want you to come. And then he he's like, okay, show up at the restaurant tonight and have a dinner. And they show up in a full suit and formal wear. And he's like, it's a pub. Go change. And Brian says, we never go anywhere if we're not fully dressed. And that freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, that's like, weird. These are fucking lunatics. <laughs> yeah, they that you know. That's the weird thing about it is like so many people go into owning a business so they can be as hands off as possible. But these guys literally just didn't know what the fuck to do with no, their time. They you know were what not. I mean? they, this is their first restaurant they ever bought. Same thing. They're buying into the dream of like raising it and running it successfully. Uh, so they come back. They have a good meal. And Gordon's like, I don't know what to do. Brian's a hoarder. This is kind of a mess. And then he has what he calls his breakthrough moment. Gordon pitches to Brian, who he says is a fruitcake and a lunatic. He's like, I have just the marketing idea. <laughs> we are going to bring back real gravy. Yes. He's going to make gravy great again. It is and it is not that is not like a joke. The way that they march, the shirts and the banner is like Yeah, they got like black shirts with white fonts on it. It looked like the EDF. It was <laughs> yeah, it looked weird, like a dude. it looked like a neo Nazi gang riding through Germany. So, like it was And it was like scary. not only that, like Sort of like, oh, we're bringing gravy back yeah. is sort of reactionary. Real <laughs> British gravy. No yeah, more. Real British gravy. Brian babe. at one, sets, uh, one point says, no more Jews. Yeah, no <laughs> Real Jews. traditional British yeah. gravy. And this is all played completely and, yeah, straight. So they, they do. They march, they march through Kirby Lonsdale with, and they hand out little um, Yorkshire. Yorkshire puddings they with gravy. They scream at them. old ladies yes. yeah. while force feeding them Brian. gravy in Yorkshire. And, and also, they never have a positive reaction no, shot. Everyone no, eats everyone it. Like he's like the, eating it and like looking at the camera like why is this happening and Brian, he's like he's like none of that fake gravy screaming at yeah. these old ladies he's got a megaphone and he's just like he's cutting an unhinged tirade about sauces <laughs> <laughs> at one point Brian takes a yellow sticker and touches a child's <laughs> chest with it and she yeah. looks visibly uncomfortable <laughs> she looks so freaked it was out horrible <laughs> I was upset. And yeah, I was like, he took it really far, like really fucking far. Brian looks like a pedophile, <laughs> and like he's out there sh shouting about real gravy. He sounds a bit like Jerry Adams <laughs> yeah. as well, which made me uncomfortable. Also, to add to how insane this man is, he tried to run front of house because they kicked him out of the kitchen, and he went around to every table and just told them that he was running out of food. And yeah. then and all the customers were like, okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he was like, order what you can because It'll there be might not be soon. food anymore. And there's just this is fantastic shot where he's just like standing directly in front of someone sitting at the bar, and he like sort of like walks towards him a little bit, and the guy's like, Huh? Yeah. He like turns and looks at him and then just like looks away and then Brian just like stares at the floor for a while. There's like very many Lynchian shots yeah. of Brian. 100%. Like he it was like Silent in. Hill 2. He also oh. takes him to a dump and makes him throw out throw all his all belongings his and it's yeah. like the man is and that's obviously like sort of like the that That is the fishing of this episode. On the note of Silent Hill, one of the few things the British show does that is a bit dramatic is sometimes their music does sound very Silent Hill. Yeah. With like like industrial chains. It is and like fucking weird. Sharp guitar in the sandgate episode it was happening while gordon was eating sea bass yeah. and i was like what is the mood they're trying to convey here like that's the only time the show missed the mark to me i was like is he in a different dimension yeah, the soundtrack. <laughs> that's that's good but like 
So, yes, Brian. He's eating a, a, a sea bass from Doom. <laughs> That's right. Also, I got to say, the new menu they give this restaurant looks pretty disgusting. Like, yeah. every. Split pea soup. Ev- yeah, it was all. Like, oh, he God. always gives everyone pea soup. It's like his favorite thing. Or <laughs> loves pea soup. <laughs> but it was like this the little shrimp. Pea soup tastes like pea soup. Uh, it was like a prawn cocktail in a glass oh, that he gets extra so mad gross. at because he comes back six weeks later. And Brian, who he definitely just, like, does not like his feminine side at all. No. But he comes back and Brian has put it in an elaborate clamshell get up and he's like what the fuck is wrong yeah. with you yeah, he, he sure. grabs a wine glass and puts it back in the wine glass and eats it out of that and yeah. I'm like I hate all of this another thing gross. about like Ramsey's updated menu for uh, for the Fenwick Arms is that it's not less fancy or more rustic at no. all. It's just smaller, yeah, just yeah. It's just smaller portions yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know the bangers and mash were pretty dope yeah they like looked it looked really good but yeah. it didn't look like down home pub food. It also looked good because mm. Brian wasn't cooking it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah. So Brian launches a website, and this is the funny. This is the most mid two thousand thing I'd ever yeah. seen. Oh yeah, he has a website like the campaign for real gravy, and he's like, oh, he's got forty thousand hits, <laughs> and it's got like the the hit counter the in the counter, corner. Yeah. But the picture, Brian looks like the Unabomber <laughs> in his black shirt. He's like standing next to his gormless wife, just like holding gravy, and like that's yeah. the and title. Then there, and then there's a knife in the far right corner, and that's it. Yeah, it's yeah. so <laughs> scary. He's like, so many people visit this website. <laughs> and then Gordon it's is literally like all the losing FBI. his mind. He's like, this are you telling 34,000 people looked at this site? That's all going to your business. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon is clearly does not understand Does not care at all. Like his marketing was it, idea. 2002? This was 2004, I oh, believe. 2004? This yeah, so. It was so funny. Like, I saw that and I was like, man, Brian, like, it was so horrifying. Brian is such a freak. Like, he's, I chose these two episodes. One is to make fun of Dean with the bar thing. Yeah, okay. And two, because I was like, okay, Brian is the weirdest person they have on this show. <laughs> like, they have chefs that are more stubborn and, like, more uh, confrontational but Brian is such a genuinely weird and uncomfortable <laughs> man who like can't interact with anyone that isn't his wife and also the heart attacks have just broken his brain because yes. they said he can't remember anything he's yeah, he has to set like seven for every timers dish. for every yeah. dish he's like 17 timers yeah. and he's like oh I have one and the chef's like no you have at least four <laughs> <laughs> like immediately called out <laughs> So that's the UK one. Yeah. It yeah. is relatively tame. There's quirks. Honestly, pleasant to watch. And what's yeah. nice yeah. is it's not overdone. Like, there's not music every second. There's no, not yeah, a sound there's a lot effect. of silence. And it's, yeah. Yeah. And it's not like some like, weird, like, movie theater narrator. No, yeah. It's and, Gordon narrating. And Gordon is rooting for yes. the working mm-hmm. class constantly. He's, he's mm-hmm. always, like, relating with the chef. And Gordon is, at this point, he's a very wealthy man. Yeah. He has mm-hmm. multiple restaurants. And the, but he, like, he doesn't lose that sensibility. And you feel... Like, he is really trying to help these people. My favorite thing is he'll get the owners to discipline any member of front of staff, but doesn't get them to even touch the kitchen and leaves that for a kitchen manager. He leaves it for the chef. I love that. I love that. He's like, he's like, head chef is responsible for these guys. He's like, he's like, manager of front of house, go fuck yourself. The owner's here. (laughs) But like, when it comes to the kitchen, it's all about the kitchen manager. That is right. It's true, though. It works. Like, one's your face, right? So. Um, and and I loved it. And like I said, I, like you know, I had the Soviet Union music in the background while I was watching him hug it with the kitchen boys the whole time. Yes, Gordon yeah. is a true friend of the working class, he and he is. shows especially. It's not so much in the UK one, more so in the US, but he shows how insane these owners are. And like how usually the problem with the restaurant is the people that own it yeah. and yeah. not oh, the yeah. people that work there. Totally top down. He's it's like the 100%. people that work there can can be fixed. And yes. many people don't know this. They, this is actually the problem for every small business. Yeah. And that's yes. a, not a he joke. Shows no, 100%. Small business owners are a the little bit Or a scourge yeah. on small businesses. And this, both the UK, more so the US, but the UK one also has contempt for these people. It's like as soon as he talks to them... 
the problems get solved. It's like he doesn't have to go and like he teaches them how to cook, but he's not usually like, oh, the problem is your kitchen staff are a mess. It's like, no, even if they're inexperienced, they learn. Yeah, and yeah. even if the kitchen staff is a mess, he's like, why didn't you get rid of this then? Yeah. Like it's like it's your responsibility. He puts none that of the blame. They suck. Yeah. It's so refreshing. The US. We oh. need to talk about US kitchen nightmares. So I think we should cover Park's Edge first. Yeah, because Amy's is that—that that is the closest. That is yeah, also yeah, yeah. a deviation from the norm. So yeah, oh yeah. I sent them two episodes from the later seasons of uh, U.S. Kitchen Nightmares because the early ones are just like, oh, it's 2007, everything rocks. Transformers <laughs> is out. Yeah. <laughs> so we start with uh, 2012. Yeah. Season Park's five, Edge. episode ten. Park's Edge in Atlanta, Georgia. So babe. Park's Edge is owned by two lifetime friends, Jorge and Richard. Jorge. Two insane human beings. Yes. <laughs> Completely out of comic books. Richard is my favorite. Richard is an African-American man, tall and thin. He wears the deepest V dress yeah. shirt. I, yeah. He is insane always... Insane Barry Gordy energy at radiating least three, from that man. Yeah, like he three buttons unbuttoned at all times. The most intense cheek dimples. And yeah. he wears what I would describe as a medic alert chain. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is a chain, but it He's looks... letting people know. <laughs> yeah. And Richard, actually, Richard seems very nice, but you can tell immediately, like, is this guy fucked up all the time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah hey, man, what's the problem? <laughs> a my name's Richard. <laughs> very much a space cadet. Like, Richard is so, so barred up at all points. And then you have Jorge who runs the kitchen. Boy, oh boy. The great thing about the U.S. kitchen nightmares is even more than the U.K. one, they really focus on how fucked up the food is. Like, yeah. it's almost like porn to see Gordon humiliate these poor chefs. Yeah. yeah. The U.K. one's like, oh, here's one or two bad dishes. The U.S. is like an entire He orders segment. the entire menu yeah. and <laughs> just like shits on every single dish. And like, dish. again, like, as, as Megan said, half of the runtime is devoted exclusively to humiliating these people. Yes. yes. What I yeah. think is yeah, so yeah. Not even the redemption. Is yeah. there's so much contempt that Gordon has for the food. And it's like in the UK one, they're kind of respecting it as best they can. He's like, oh, this wasn't very good. Here's why. The US one, he's like, this fucking, it's like, he's like the angry video game nerd. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'd rather have a diarrhea dump in my ear. Yeah, yeah. And eat yeah. this scallop again. Do you want to hear my uh, like hot take on Kitchen Nightmares, especially Please. the US one? Is this is the petit bourgeois. This is the middle class's uh, like greatest delight. Their forbidden fruit, which is just judging restaurants and their staff. <laughs> thoroughly and oh. just eviscerating them screaming at them and being vindicated and for it and, it's, and do like you are doing the right thing you like are it, being righteous it's, it's not on the business side anymore like the no. uk version is more like the business side of things where it's like yeah. you don't want to serve this to people because people won't come back yeah it's no. like no i deserve better exactly the customer <laughs> is always right babe. and what i would say is there's a vicariousness because these are people that want to say that but don't have the nerve yeah, yeah this and is karen born now they have they have gordon who yeah is he's like their avatar accredited and is funny and is like cutting yeah and he can do everything for them he has that actual authority that they wish they had mm -hmm. and what's so interesting is in the amy's episode we see the in we like we get to see the owners striking back at the patrons yeah and they oh, reverse yeah. that dynamic where they're like no fuck you idiots we don't <laughs> care what you think yeah which is actually awesome yeah no it's cool but before that park's edge so park's edge yeah. gordon among other things orders scallops which were like cooked with indian spices he's like what's going on here wait i want to say before we get into the food we we do get a little background on the sh on the restaurant and also just like the 
the way the show starts now, it was so jarring to switch to this, and the music is so loud, and there's so Aggressive. much editing, and there's so much repetition. <laughs> Sound effects, it, like it's like so many crazy. zoom ins, and you're like, if there's ever like a dramatic scene, they'll play it like eight times throughout the episode, With a, like a, but, a cutting. Yeah. yeah. But so the two owners ha- have a damaged relationship with the public to start. Yes. Um, and he's trying to explain why. And it was basically like um, Richard. Yes. So the black owner was talking about how they're in an all white, white neighborhood, neighborhood, basically. And they have like and you can see when they film all the show that there's like a lot of black patrons in the episode. And the community like hates this restaurant and is like trying to get them shut down. And the community told him they deserve a better restaurant. Yeah. And then he basically before the show started backlash or like told the community like you are being racist. Like <laughs> yeah. you're mad yeah. that you this is like a around. minority yeah. owned business. And I think he's right. Like he, right. he tries to like f- he tries to like like fix the relationship later on because you obviously want to like have a good relationship with we'll, we'll get to that I have no yeah. but like I, it seemed like from the way he talks about it it seems like he is in a racist community you know, honestly. He, he probably did get a lot of backlash from people just for like the company that the store brought around mm-hmm. to these like absolutely rich assholes right They're so like, I, I would like to talk about the funniest thing that Gordon tasted mm-hmm. which is the grilled Caesar salad yes. oh hell yeah. yeah that was so and cool. he's, at first he's like like grilled chicken she's like no <laughs> he's like what <laughs> they put lettuce on the grill she's like yeah an entire head of romaine <laughs> that's right I never want to have wilted lettuce on anything it is one of the most disgusting looking dishes it's, I've ever seen it's amazing so Jorge takes a yeah a head of romaine just like uncleaned and uncut and just throws it on the grill one side then the other drizzles sauce on the yeah, top yeah he drizzles yeah. like buffalo chicken sauce <laughs> on it parmesan and some chicken and gordon's like what the fuck man <laughs> like and that that to me is like the perfect thing yeah i'm not cutting my own half head of lettuce and then he asks he's like why is it so spicy and jorge has one of the funniest quotes a quote that immediately struck me and i was like we have to do this jorge says i'm mexican and i know Caesar salad is not european it's mexican it's supposed to be spicy <laughs> that's right and i was like the contempt they have, they're just portraying this man as an idiot. Yeah. And especially later in the episode when he becomes like a reasonable person, I was like, this cannot be real. Yeah. Like, this is very clearly, you are the villain for this scene. Because they have villains in the US yeah. one. No, yeah. you need them. There is an evil but chef But then they just like randomly <laughs> switch later. Like, we'll, we'll yes. get to that. But like, so at the beginning, they're basically framing Jorge as the dumbest man alive. Who that dumbest is, motherfucker. He's fresh out of culinary school and has no kitchen experience and is now a head chef, which is a little silly in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know anything about kitchens, but like Gordon spends like 20 minutes of the show just screaming <laughs> at this man. Fighting this with yeah. 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 They almost come to blows. Yeah. yeah. It makes me want to see like the unedited footage. Oh, I would love that. I, I feel like and see the how thing much that's, direction there was or mm. the thing that the thing that stuck out to me most for being completely obviously staged was like while Gordon's like t- trying all the food for the first time like this guy comes up and tries to like take his yeah, knife yeah, yeah, from the him. bar guy yeah and like Gordon's like what's going on what's this and the waitress is like oh that's like Adam he's the bartender he shouldn't be here and I'm like well yeah he wouldn't be doing that at all that doesn't yeah. make any sense yeah, he just told him to go over there there are empty tables where he can do yeah. this <laughs> literally right next to you another time where it was very clearly staged is the intervention yeah where it's like they're here already and they just go like big dramatic See, I faces wa- I want to talk about that yeah. in yes, detail please. let's do it right now because yeah. that's next uh, so basically. uh like after 
they see oh the it's the, a disaster yeah it's service. a disaster like the kitchen's a mess the fridge is a mess everything's horrible and you can't and he also doesn't let them redeem themselves at all basically it's just like the food is shit which he wouldn't say in the british one because he loves the the staff yeah. whereas in this one he's like all oh, your food tastes like shit you're all stupid and yeah, like, oh, yeah. Man. it's like uk supremacy as well yeah like, mm-hmm. i'm telling you they're talking down to their dumb american cousins. yeah exactly well, they, they are dumb though that's <laughs> like <true>. they <laughs> they have to kind of like work with my it. man served grilled caesar salad <laughs> yeah like that's fucking <laughs> That is an idiot meal. (laughs) That is a simpleton (laughs) snack. (laughs) Like, what the fuck, Jorge? (laughs) You went to culinary school. You know that's not a thing. That's why I was like, this has to be fake. Yeah, there's no way. This is like, this is late season Homer Simpson. Yeah, like not (laughs) even funny, just absurd. Mr. Bean in the kitchen. (laughs) But, um, so after we see all of the horrible stuff, uh, Ramsey gets all of the staff together, all the kitchen staff, all the wait staff, to just talk about the owners on both the front end and, and the kitchen, and like they say, like pretty horrible yeah, things. They call they're Richard like, and alcohol. They're like, oh, Richard's like, drunk all yeah, the time. Richard's he's he's completely drunk. useless. Like Jorge called me fat, and yeah, like, yeah, he, like he like yeah. harasses <laughs> the wait staff. Yeah, it's a nightmare. I was like, yeah, you can't if that like you can't redeems these people. If yeah, this is what's no, coming this, out. Yeah, you should get them horrible. the fuck out of there. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, could you imagine like that shit happening like on reality TV show right now? Yeah, and then like. Yeah, the woman who Jorge calls fat, spoiler, at the end of the episode, they're like buddies. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, don't 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 try to make that relationship but a thing anymore. I think like this is in stark contrast to our lovely fishing uh yeah. Innsmouth simpletons who like they all get together, they're all having a good time fishing, and then they like talk to like the majority devil. And he gets them to talk face to face and work through their problems. Yes. Whereas yeah. in this one, it's so very he gets wholesome. them to say all this shit. And like then the nastiest the o- things and possible. And the owners are watching. And then he tells them afterwards that the owners have been watching and listening the entire time. And they're obviously all like immediately concerned for their jobs. Like yes, they look yeah. stressed out. Yeah. And, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Is the most manipulative thing ever. It was like, insane. I don't, don't do that to somebody. Yeah. I will say Richard's the only one who had a realistic reaction to that where he's like, he fuck. He just cried his eyes. He's like, this yeah. is deep. He's like, I was yeah. not prepared for this. And I was like, you know what? I actually believe Richard's reaction is legitimate. Yeah. But, and then you know what happens? The next scene, they're like, fine. And it's like, this is the turning point. Yeah. Like, they become good people. There's no effort. There's no yeah. striving for improvement. It's just like, oh, we heard what we had to hear, and now we're good. Literally, so, directly. We heard we bad, now we good. That's right. Literally, directly after that scene is the renovation, where they just remodel the restaurant. They just make it look like a British fucking and then, restaurant. And yeah. then they all of a sudden. They just paint all the wall, walls gray. That's all they yeah. do. But literally, after that, like, there's no, he does not criticize the owners at all. They, like, don't it's work over. through anything. There's, like, we've seen. 35 minutes of him berating them <laughs> then we see this one scene where the staff shit on them and then they're sorry and then they get a remodel and now he's like now the chefs are perfect like now the owners are good and this is the happy part of the episode so we're gonna leave all that in the past and like it's here's your new menu well, he gives there, them the new menu it's time to make amends <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's time for these POC owners of a business in a majority white neighborhood to oh, apologize right. for saying that racism exists yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> and they go on the local yeah, news they and say they that say that. Yeah, they apologize for saying that uh, the community is racist. I was so the furious at this scene. Insane. I was like, this doesn't address the issue. And they're like, this was the right thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Gordon's like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and Richard's like, ha, ha, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just like on another he's, planet. His shirt is like V'd even further down. <laughs> so they do their service. And this is the funniest thing. Gordon introduces a simple like pub menu. And one of the chefs who early on was like, oh, I've been working in kitchens for years. Like, Jorge sucks. He's like, I'm not making fucking chicken wings in this American yeah. restaurant. And this guy, for the record, like, all chefs look insane. He was the and most part chef of the looking he's chef He's the very ever. chef. Like, he's got, like, rat this tail. weird, like, rat tail, like, neck si- tattoo. like, tattoos. But the 180 shaves. from, like, he's asking him at the beginning of the episode, like, doesn't Jorge suck? And this guy was like, yeah, Jorge sucks. And then he's like... Gordon's like, oh yeah, all the chefs are my friends. Like, this is great. I'm mm. listening to you. And then all of a sudden, in the second half of the episode, is like, no, Jorge's good now, and he doesn't complain about the menu, and we love him, and he's a great head chef. And how dare you insult yes. Jorge? Yeah, now. yeah. And it's yeah. Like, he is what? your boss. He's the owner. You do not disrespect yes. him. And that's the big difference. Like, yeah. in the American one, it reinforces this notion that although they're flawed, like your boss is everything. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I felt like there was more like nuance in the UK one, oh, especially when more. it came to like the. Um, the success of the business afterward. Mm. Like when they go back to the Finwick, it's like, you know, Buddy's back in the kitchen and Gordon asks him, he's like, you shouldn't be back here. You're like, your heart's all fucked up. And then he's, and then he's like, oh, well, you know, someone walked on us and uh, someone else had a sick day. So I'm back here just covering for them and hopefully we can get someone soon. And it's like, okay. Yeah, sure. That's reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. This one, it's like, I don't know. It just completely 180s. And then, like you said, like the renovation and, and yeah, go and sorry, on your way. I cut you guys off, but the, so this chicken wing guy, yeah, um, he gets mad that chicken wings are on the menu <laughs> and complains that if chicken wings are going to be on the menu, he wants to the restaurant to be Hooters yes. and that yeah. everyone the, should be wearing the, little or booty shorts. Femboy Hooters. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be kind of sick, though. He was before his time. Yeah. So, like, Michael becomes the evil chef. Yeah, and yeah. he just like and then they have like a he fucks scene. up on purpose by like making the food get Bad. cold and sort of <laughs> yeah. unclear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's sabotaging the opening. He's sabotaging or the food by Fucking letting menace. it be cold, twiddling his mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, Jorge pushes him, and we see that push played probably like fifteen times, times yeah. on the screen, yeah. <laughs> like multiple angles. <laughs> oh yeah, and the whole time, <laughs> like they they play it, of course, like classic reality TV. They play that clip, and they're like, "Oh, like keep watching. We're gonna show yeah, you that that's later." In the intro, and then like nothing ever. Like there's no follow that's up the end. at all. Yeah, that is just, as that violent. We don't know where that chef and, went. And Michael just leaves. Yeah, like and and then it's like, oh, everything's a success. They're Michael? like, wow, what a great. First night back. Yeah, and they have no problems despite the fact that one of their chefs that has been there for years <laughs> is just gone. In <laughs> midway through shift. shift. Yeah, like <laughs> assault. Like you can get fucking sued for that, yeah. RA, you fucking idiot. <laughs> it was incredible. But yeah. even the insanity and like weird racial subtext of Park's Edge does not compare to. And the. The next episode we're going to discuss, Amy's Baking Company. It's the most famous episode it's of the It's the most famous. They marketed, marketed it at the time as being like, Gordon's greatest challenge yet. Yeah. And it was the only episode of Kitchen Nightmares I'd seen before quarantine. It is it's one of my favorites. the most famous. Oh, it is really? an insanely yeah. funny episode. So and folks, it is insanely cathartic. We are referring to, of course, season six, episode 16, Amy's Baking Company. The season finale. Scottsdale, Arizona. Yes. This episode I've seen years ago. Mm-hmm. Um 
and it it still hurts me to this day, regardless of how many times I've seen it. <laughs> so I've seen it probably a fever dream. I've watched it probably five or six different times mm-hmm. in my day because every once in a while I'll have an insomniac fit, and then yeah. it'll like come up in the YouTube feed, and I'm like, Chef, Amy. yeah, all right, I'll I'll chill with Amy. Chef Amy has Amy Klobuchar energy the entire time. She is constantly vibrating angry like abusive to her lower f- class staff yeah i feel like klobuchar me. like is is a more solid presence so yeah uh, i don't know amy's like amy is a big presence she's just a freak though. No, but like she's just all over the place she's very yeah. er- erratic amy klobuchar is demanding she's like i am here uh you are less than dirt to me you will bow down to me here's yes. a picture of my feet amy like amy the chef makes it 30 seconds in this episode within meeting Gordon before she completely goes off the rails. Yeah. Like, it's literally like, what's wrong with your restaurant? She's could like, not handle herself. Online bullies and haters that have yeah. conspired she's, yeah, she's pulling a me. Joe Kennedy. She's obviously like <laughs> extremely mentally ill and yeah. like this episode is just like her going through the most manic episode of her it's entire insane. life. This is one yeah. of the ones where I've always wondered because with the last one I told you, I was like, how much direction was there in some of these conversations? Yeah. This one, I'm like, how much is there any direction I here? Is this person just I like this and they show up and go this is the least amount of work we've ever had to this do this is yeah. the closest to reality I think because yeah. you can't yeah. direct that it's, it's uh, like I know like the woman is horrible and says and does horrible things but it is sort of exploitative yes yeah. she's mentally ill yeah. the only one who is easy to laugh at is Sammy who is getting exactly her husband, what he fucking deserves. Who looks a lot yeah, yeah. older than her also. Yeah. Yeah. He's got he the like fucking crazy card shark. He, he like looks kind of dead. Type. His yeah. eyes are like black pits so, in his head. Gordon <laughs> comes to Amy's. He has the cake first which that was probably the only thing where they're like look you can't have the food first. You need to like start on a good note. And he's like oh this cake is really good. So, oh, also there's like a title card at one point before it starts it was like before Gordon arrives dot yeah. dot dot in oh, impact font. And it's and like, it was like showing okay. how insane this restaurant is where like yeah. if anybody complains about the food Amy does not hear it. She has the server's junket, and then Sammy's just like, "You motherfucker! <laughs> you yeah, get actually, the fuck out! I, I never fucking, see you again! I will fucking kill you, cabron!" <laughs> like, I don't know what like, race Sammy goes? is. <laughs> Megan did some research. <laughs> but so this is all before Gordon arrives, and we do like a night of them doing a dining service, and they they literally kick almost every single customer <laughs> out. They're like screaming. <laughs> it, there's the classic line: "Here's your pizza. Fuck you!" Yeah. So, can I tell you something? <laughs> I respect them because they're saying all the stuff to customers that I wanted yeah, to. No, I was I was going to say like in in so far as uh, Parks Edge like shows you every uh, middle-aged consumer's dream of what they wish they could do in a restaurant. This, is the this shows you exactly what a service person wishes they could yeah. do in a this restaurant. Is every service yeah. person's dream. If, and if they weren't so horrible to their servers, I'd be like these guys are kind of heroes. Yeah. But like Sam, actually I think it's mostly just Sammy who's like and the, it, the biggest offender. And if anyone disagrees, like there's there's at least four of us here and we all know many people who literally when you show up to work in like the service industry there's like two halves of your brain right <laughs> yeah. like there's the public one oh, and yeah. the internal one and there the are only two way inside of you yeah yeah the only way to be good in service is to have those completely separate yeah that's the only way to do it if you ever think someone's being nice to you because they like you there's a no. very slim chance in, that in they the actually before, like you. in the before uh section amy is sent some food back say like 
Th- they don't even give you any context. It's just like, yeah, it's not very yeah. Oh, is this when she says, I'm going to make it real spicy yeah. for him? I'm going to hurt him? He's, she <laughs> yes. says, I hope it hurts them. And I was like, <laughs> that, like, put that on a plaque and put it in front of your restaurant. That they is also gold. literally chase someone down the street at one point, telling them <laughs> yeah. to get the fuck it's like out. The Alex they, <laughs> like, we're a coward. <laughs> <laughs> like, there, there's like, <laughs> there's these two, like, bro dude, like, college guys who came in to get some pizza. They wait like two hours and never get one. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to go. Oh, he wants their money. Yeah. He yeah. Tries and to then the guy's like, down. give me your money. He's like, you didn't give me a pizza. <laughs> Yeah, Sammy's a fucking gangster. Yeah, <laughs> like for real. He calls himself a gangster yes. later when yeah, he's fighting he re- with Gordon. He, he says, to let "You're not leave. the gangster. I, I am." I have the quote. Don't worry. <laughs> oh so my God. Sammy discloses that he invested a million dollars in this restaurant, and then later on he says that he was in the custom housing development business. And then when <laughs> so I heard you paint houses. When when the crisis happened, he turned to Amy and said, "I still have money. What do you want me to do with it?" So this man explicitly post like housing crisis was like, oh, I'm all right. Like, what should I do with my money? I can't invest in housing anymore. So she decides to invest in literally the worst thing you can invest in. <laughs> yeah. A restaurant. The most fragile business you could ever possibly invest in. Also, their fridge, like to speak more to Amy's mental illness, their fridge is immaculate and everything is overly labeled. I was like, what that the shit, fuck? I was actually so down for, though. I was. When but I, I was saw like, that, I was like... That's a lot of work. Like, it's it's a lot. It obviously, her mental illness aside, if I showed up to a restaurant and it was like that, I'd be like, God damn, good job. But then you hear her speak and you're yeah. like, oh, you're just insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, she, you're just genuinely fucked up. Amy about Sammy, who probably is like 20 or 30 years older than her. I prayed for him and God sent him to me. Sammy was a playboy in Vegas. Four or five beautiful women. That wasn't going to fly with me. He then said that they were married after five months of knowing each other. And they've, Gordon asks, uh, do you have any kids? And she says, uh, yes, we have three in cat bodies. <laughs> They're oh, cats. Yeah, yeah, that, was, that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was so that freaked me out, dude. Uh, yeah, I was deeply uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. at that point. I was like, oh, man, I forgot about this episode. And then she says she speaks cat and then meows. Yeah, yeah she, she meows on camera. Meow, meow, meow. And at that point, I was like, okay, yeah. this this woman needs to go to therapy. Okay, this woman is wifey this material. Woman, <laughs> this woman needs to go to bed. <laughs> so they, at, they have insane staff turnover, like into the hundreds. And they ask why. And she's like, and I thought this was getting vaguely racist. He's like, oh, you're in the middle of Arizona. You can't find kitchen help. And she's like... They're lazy, dirty, unqualified people. Brown. Don't want them. And <laughs> yeah. like, they never quite got there. But when he said, like, oh, you're in Arizona, how can you not find, like, low-grade workers? Mm. I was like, huh. Yeah, you can mm. find line cooks line cooks in Arizona. Yeah. Buddy. And everybody so, in that restaurant other than Sammy is very white. Yeah. When um when Gordon is trying the food the next day for the first time, we also learn that the waitresses aren't given the tips, that Sammy takes oh all the tips, fucking hate and that Sammy is the Sammy. only one allowed to use the POS, the POS system. And I gotta say, like, this episode is just, like, what it feels like to work at a restaurant as a waitress turned up, like, a bajillion yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's I, all of your fears I come true. I will not name names, but I worked for two weeks at a restaurant in Kingston, and the people that own it are very similar to these people yes. like the people in the show are obviously way more intense but like I wasn't sure I was getting all my tips all the time I wasn't allowed to use the POS system I, like I worked in a place uh, in Kingston and I will not name them but they are a pizza place and uh they did the same thing where uh, I would watch them take the tips at the end of the night and set it aside and then like literally they would go on vacation 
Yeah. Oh, and then they come back and be like, here's, no. here's a $25 gift card. And it's like, what do you mean a Where's $25 gift card? It's been six months. Oh my I've made God. $25 and you put it into a gift card. Oh my God. Yeah. The, that and was the worst. That was the worst. Cause I was really dependent on tips at that point. And I was working like 45 hours a week to get $25 after six months. It, that hurt. I, I fucking walked out of that place. Yeah. So. And, and I gotta say the husband wife that owned the restaurant I worked at, the wife called me a liar many times. And I was like, cool, yeah. The husband great. at this restaurant said I was no good because I didn't have an ass for the kitchen to look at. Oh my God. Anyway. So that was a you thing. You could have been his pool boy. But I, but I feel <laughs> like- fucking his wife. His wife was pretty hot. This, like, I cool. his wife, yeah. Sammy, Amy combo is like, like literally, yeah, it's like a nightmare dialed up. Yeah. Before we move on, They're I just gotta say, the first owners. ring of hell. Sammy is just stealing tips from these wa- waitresses who are very very young. And yeah, Sammy, they're like 15. Yeah. yeah, Sammy we know has at least a million dollars to invest. Exactly. <laughs> and he uh, says it's because he does all the work because he runs the POS, but he won't let them yes. use the And he POS. also fucks up constantly. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. know he's how a to do the POS. Yeah, but like Gordon shames him for this and at one point yes. tells other that customers, was wonderful. which was cool. He's like, hey, just so you know, this guy's stealing all the tips that you just gave that wager. Yeah, did you like, know? And the guy's like, what the That's hell? horrible. Yeah, that's yeah. horrible. <laughs> but uh, besides that, the fact that he's just blatantly stealing from children and breaking labor law to do so yeah. is never addressed in the episode. Because no. because oh, again, yeah. like in like America especially, like labor law doesn't it's not in the it's popular imagination. Like you no. just you wouldn't even think of that as breaking the law, but it is. Oh, that is grand th- not grand that, but that is stealing. Uh, I just want to read a note I wrote. Gordon eats a very wet burger. <laughs> and then a very dry burger yeah, after yeah. that. He eats the two wettest and driest meals he's ever had back to back. Like, And then when he complains to her about it, she says, well, is it wet or is it dry? But it was two different meals. And she will yeah. not get over this. And she mentions it like nine more she times throughout the episode. brings up the insanely wet burger <laughs> yeah. so often in this episode. I was like, am I having a stroke? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the tips, that was wonderful. And after Gordon calls out the tip theft, Sammy's like, don't you make me the villain. He's like, I'm the gangster here, not you. <laughs> to which, what? Yeah, I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> is, is Gordon going to get shot and killed in the parking Sammy lot? Sammy then following it up with, you want to fuck with me? I will fuck with you. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Also, I got to say, Amy calls every patron either a real customer or a hater. Yes. And that's yeah. it. Those are the two Chris options. Chan energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she's been known to call out people and being like, Oh, they, they'll bring fake rats into the restaurant yes. and put it in the food and they'll yeah, do this. Say. Which I have threatened to do before, but mostly <laughs> she, as a joke. She also, fake rats in your food. She calls the <laughs> server a poisonous little viper. Yes. And again, and it then was fires like a her. 15 year old girl. <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, oh my God. And then the girl Doesn't she know that vipers are venomous, home. not yeah, poisonous? She just fucking, she just cries. Yeah. And it hurts. Yeah. Uh, Amy really also sad. says another money quote. The customer is always wrong here. That was correct. Yeah. She's always right on that. Yeah, that is one hundo P. You know what? We support Amy in this. You know, sometimes you have to go to dark places to find real truths. It's true. And (laughs) 
I think one of the also most unhinged and disappointing things of this episode is Gordon's like, I'm going to interview some former staff and be like, what's the, what the fuck's going on? And the woman's like, oh, there's been like at least 50 people that got fired while I was there. And one guy's like, oh, Sammy made me wash his car. And then Gordon goes to the Sammy and Amy and is like, I spoke to these two servers. Here are their names. And oh, this is what yeah, they said. Yeah. I was like, Gordon, you what need to put the them fuck? in witness protection. <laughs> yeah, it's like, these people are psychotic. <laughs> this guy's a gangster. He I, told you. My <laughs> eyes literally went wide when he said, oh, I spoke to like Jamie and Elizabeth. And I was like, oh my God, Gordon. <laughs> they live on 134. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then Gordon's like, oh, she said 50 staff got hired. And Amy's like, that's ridiculous. And Sammy's like, no, it's more like 100. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, was so funny. That was so During sick. that conversation, there, I think this might be the most telling thing, which was... Uh, they're talking about firing people, and Gordon brings up like the the child waitress that she <laughs> that she yelled <laughs> the at. Child slave. <laughs> the basement of. And then Amy says, "Oh, what do you think? We're just gonna let someone come in here and put a gun to our head? We're just gonna let someone come in here and give us attitude? Bake me a gay cake." <laughs> <laughs> but like. In this woman's mind, and in in the mind of many Americans, being sassed whatsoever, or someone who you consider your lesser speaking up to you, yep. is equivalent to a gun being put to your head. Yeah, it's attacking it is that the whole threatening. Being. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. It really, it really speaks to the extent that their like ego. Yeah, you know, as soon as it gets even poked at the american show does a wonderful job that i don't think is intentional of showing how truly monstrous like the upper middle class small business owner is like i know it's not intentional because it's like oh i'm helping these people but like you see them and it's like their worst flaws are bared for the world to see and every and it's not like oh this is unique everybody's like like megan already said like oh i had bosses like amy and sammy yeah chances had boss i've had bosses like amy like this is not a unique one-time only thing this might have only happened to gordon like this yeah this just this just ended up on camera yeah it's beyond like all their various vices and general loves fucking sammy loves fucking no doubt (laughs) for sure we know that but besides their their vices in general and pleasantness uh they're all dumb as shit (laughs) they are all like fundamentally stupid and the only thing that is holding the business back, like, if not even like, oh, put in a better manager, just like remove them, excise them, and everything works perfectly. Yes, there is a great improvement yeah. in how things go. Yeah. So this is the last combo that they have. Um, so it's them arguing in the morning at the restaurant. What I found funny was that the show fact checks Amy every time she talks. <laughs> they do a flashback to the conversation <laughs> yeah. she's referencing, which like also so far that's, from what the British show would have done. The, that's yeah, the only yeah. time in like the whole series they do that. I know. Because so you can't follow along. We're, we're dumb Americans. We can't keep and, up. And she'll just say like, no, I didn't say that. And then so they'll like play the clip of her saying it. And then so uh, and then Gordon walks away and does not help them and does not fix the business, which is the only time he's ever done that. Yeah. He's like, and you know what? Fair enough. Like, at least he's smart enough to be like, look, have you guys ever (laughs) witnessed the follow up? I have watched the follow up. I never saw it, but I did some research today. So this is my fun fact. Guess guess where they moved post this restaurant closing. Florida. Israel. They live yeah. there now. <laughs> you oh. should have let them sit they on that longer. They, yes. they now they live in Israel, Israel and she runs a um, baking Instagram and TikTok where oh. she just TikToks her cats a lot and then like posts like her baked goods on Instagram. But she has like 5 million followers and has well, a cookbook course. and everything. Yes, because so cool. in America, infamy is everything. And in Israel, yeah, everyone in Israel is <laughs> infamy. Yes. Is everything. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they, they've gone to their, their homeland in a, in a strange way. They, they've definitely gone I'm to where the they gangster. belong. Yeah, Sammy does yeah, have really powerful Meyer Lansky energy. <laughs> yeah, thing. like well, I could see it. One of the one of the things that they did directly after this show was release merch 
that had some of those famous lines on it, such as "I am the gangster here," <laughs> and uh, like the show fuck released me, no the fuck merch you. or no, they Amy's did them. Did. Amy's, yeah, oh no, my they God. knew, they, they capitalized, they they put yeah. it in their store shop saying like the worst show on Kitchen Nightmare. Yeah. Oh and, my and God. Then, and then they wore the shirts with the the slogan. They took pride in it and made money off of it. Yes, Americans wow. are little piggies. They would love to be screamed at by Amy and yeah. they would love to be threatened by Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Dom shit. That's right. <laughs> so that has been a jaunt through the UK and US Kitchen Nightmares. Shows that in conclusion and in summary, UK Kitchen Nightmares is a lot more austere and kind of realistic and to the point. Yeah. Like, and But still staunchly conservative. Yes, of course. Well, that's because Gordon Ramsay is a very fascinating guy and he definitely like his current brand is like, oh, I'm tired of people being like overly sensitive, which is stupid. But Gordon Ramsay has a very fascinating background. He grew up in a super abusive household. Like his father just yelled and screamed all the time. And Gordon Ramsay has said like doing these shows is bad for me mentally and physically. So now yeah. when I'm on anything that isn't that, I try to be like very laid back and like mm. and he's growing a lot like as a person legitimately. So his stick of like, oh, PC is very much like playing it up because mm. gordon ramsay the man is like an obsessive like workaholic if you watch boiling point it's not just about like oh his restaurant is trying to get another michelin star it's like his life is crumbling because he is just so obsessed with this one single goal and like they interview his wife mm. who they're still married and she's like yeah it's really hard like i love him but his entire life is oriented around like success and personal fame and not like love mm. and fulfillment and it's like it's interesting that he finally much as how Gordon shows these restaurant owners the way he himself finally like figured that out. And now late in life is like pivoting to being a very sweet and like yeah, they don't film this show anymore. No, because yeah. it's bad for him. And if you yeah. see him like working with kids, for example, I love it. Oh, it's Master a great, Chef Junior. It's an incredibly heartwarming clip. Awesome. He's like when I cook with my daughters, they get upset all the time. But I tell him to stick with it because perseverance is important. And it's like, and he doesn't even yell on MasterChef. Really, no. he never really gets mad at he's anybody. Like, That's disappointing. Yeah, he's like, and it's like you can do better. Yeah, and it's so interesting because yes, I it's no doubt like I think he's a fairly apolitical person. Like he doesn't really care. He's a kitchen guy, but like he does have this conservative mindset of work hard, pull yourself up. Like you don't need breaks, which is not a flexible worldview or really a very realistic one anymore. But he's not like a spiteful, hateful man. And what's so interesting it is in his shows he. It unintentionally lampoons the conservative mindset and like the American dream by so showing you that if you do work hard and you do all the right things, your restaurant is still going to fucking fail. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, about eighty percent of the ones he helps end up failing yeah, or selling like off a year or two young. after. Yeah, and you're always going to be working for the dumbest person you've met in your entire <laughs> yes. life, whether they're the soft-voiced, pedophile-eyed Brian, <laughs> the dunder-headed Jorge, and the barred-up uh, Richard. <laughs> Or or the 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 screeching harpy that is, is Amy. Amy and the Israeli gangster that is Sammy. <laughs> you, if you are in a lower class position, will always be working for the dumbest motherfucker imaginable. And I want you to take that home with you. Your boss isn't there because they are better than you. They aren't there because they are smarter than you. They are there because they had more money than you. And they, chances are, made that money long before the financial crashes, long before it became untenable to only work one job a week. And long before any of the wonderful barriers to social mobility were put in place. And sometimes in some situations, before they were even born, they made that money. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So 
Special shout out to all of our kitchen friends. This is a podcast for the kitchen. We fucking love you guys. We yeah. do love the kitchen. We're, we're in solidarity with mm-hmm. kitchen workers. Everybody across the spectrum working in the kitchen. Fuck yes. You deserve your share of the tips. You deserve your share of the credit for everything that goes on. There is no successful business. There is no successful restaurant without you. The owners can get fucked. We have seen that when you take them out of the equation, things get better. Let's go to a restaurant. Yeah, I'm hungry. So <laughs> any closing thoughts from you guys before we wrap this very long episode? Uh, should we go try some like grilled Caesar salad? I, You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cook it up. We're going back to the spot. Yeah. I'm going to make you guys a signature grilled Caesar salad. I'm going to make you pizza that is so greasy it just falls off when you hold it up. That's the dream. That's right. And I don't know. I'm going to make you some some muffins topped with coochie. Oh, coochie I thought muffins. you were going to go cock meat sandwich again. Uh, no, John's going to be coming. He'll be having that. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's a special okay. meal just for him. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much. Uh, stay safe. Still a pandemic in case you weren't aware. And uh, we'll see you next time. Keep Bye-bye. riding hard, homies.